Justin and Friends. Hi, my name is David, and this is Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Hi, my name is Noah, and you're listening to Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends with some enthusiasm. Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends podcast. Hey, this is Daniel. And Amanda. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Justin, Justin and Friends. Friends. You have the extreme pleasure of listening to Justin and Friends. Justin and Friends. Hey, Justin. Hi, this is Taylor Tomlinson, and you're listening to the Justin and Friends podcast. Justin, Justin and Friends. And Friends. You're now tuned in to Justin Grimaldo. I, I um... Uh, luckily, I only have to ask myself. There's, there's no one else involved here, um, <laughs> thankfully. Um, and yeah, I guess, you know, we can talk about my uh, drug addiction, my alcoholism. <laughs> Let's get, let's really that get into it. So much. I was gonna. I was wondering how you got through that thirty-one days of just videos. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was just binge watching those this morning while I was getting ready. Actually, I'm. I am sorry. Um, no, uh, it's a lot. It was a lot of content. Uh, yeah. No. Actually, I, I, about a few days in, I suddenly realized I was like, oh, I really can't even drink like a little bit during this. <laughs> I did, I did end up, it got like 21 days in and I was like, I'm, I'm, having, a drink. I'm having a beer just to get through this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just realized I was like, if I wake up hungover one morning, yeah, then I'm absolutely screwed. That could have been um, a really cool video though, if you did a hungover video and you're like, hi, I'm Mary Spender and I'm completely I don't know, hungover. I don't know if that's really the image we're portraying though. <laughs> yeah, that, never mind. That was a bad idea. I don't know. I think maybe people think I'm a bit boring sometimes because I don't really? make videos hungover. Yeah. Why is that? Every, every, so I met Tom Quayle once on a plane yeah. this a few years ago and um, he realized like I was way more fun in real life than I come across in my videos <laughs> because I'm like willing to swear, I'm willing to drink, um, all these things that he was like, I really just thought you were really like polite and English in your, yeah. in your videos. And I was like, Well, there's no, things you have to like sacrifice like for the monetization. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> to stay monetized, yeah. you have to sacrifice some of your personality. Like, also, it you have bit. to you have to build the good girl image to then like do a Madonna and absolutely exactly it, right. Exactly. So, so give me five years. Yeah, and I'll, then, I don't know. I'll be coming up with some other kind of alter ego or something. You come up with a video. It's titled "The Real Me." It's like a beer, like a pint. <laughs> <laughs> There's just like, and you're like, "Hey, what the f is up, guys?" <laughs> I think I've seen one video of yours where you actually cuss, but you bleep it out, and I'm like, okay, there's more to her than just the YouTube Mary for sure. There's that like sassiness that's definitely there. Oh, I could tell. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I I feel bad that I'm hiding. I'm not hiding it at all. I just I just want to be a better version of myself in the videos, and you know they're edited yeah. for a reason, and yeah. um, yeah. and I don't want to come across uh, rude because also just so many different cultures. Take it. They either enjoy it or they absolutely hate it, and it's you have to kind of. uh, I don't want to uh, like. I I don't need to appeal to everyone, but if I can just strip that little thing of bad behavior back on my part, just to (laughs) (laughs) make sure I don't offend anyone, then I'm I'm happy to do that. And um, have you offended anybody yet at all, or no? 
Sorry? Have you offended anybody yet at all? Have you had like that one reaction where it's like, hey, what the hell, man? (laughs) (laughs) I did a cover of Creep and I didn't do the radio edited version. I did the full version and I swear in it. And people were really shocked at me singing a swear word. And I was like, guys, come on. (laughs) This is is in the original. It's not like I'm just like adding it in. And I was like, if I did the radio edit version, then you'd all think I was tame. So it's better just for me to be like... All right, let's just go for it. And it's a rock song, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, when that stuff and happens, I do swear in oh, one God. of my original songs too. I do, do you swear really? in one of my original songs. Yeah, in Lone Wolf. Oh, uh, I always forget say... about it, and then I kind of like hide did it. Did you say "damn" I'm... or something, or what was it? I say. Uh, you don't have to actually say it, but go for I think it. I say the F word. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the lyrics of my own song right now. <laughs> I'm like, let me uh, just look it up. <laughs> oh, F, you know, effed up. I say okay. that, but okay. yeah. not. I'm I'm radio editing myself right now. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's the other thing too is I have a, a Corey Wong samples, and every time somebody says something they don't want to say, I just put his guitar part in there so it covers oh, it up. Oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> we do don't you know bleep, what? I was we just, just do a riff. <laughs> that's I mean that's so perfect. I was listening to him this morning. I've been I've been upset. I can't stop listening to um is it the striped album yeah yeah. i just listen to it when i'm working out and it makes me go from like you know like feeling in pain and like angry at the world for (laughs) lifting any weights or whatever which at the moment is very minimal um but then i just like get like grooving and i just find myself like boogieing whilst working out and i'm like oh my god his music is magic and then i just like i picture seeing him um it, on li- live on stage or like mm. Wolfpack or yeah. Mark Letary or like one of those one of those um, sets of performers that are just so extraordinary and you just want to be in a room with loads of other people oh, and yeah. then it just makes me sad about the current state I of the know. world but I'm, I'm not going to bring that up too much but like <laughs> I just want to be in a room grooving to that music with it yeah. live mm. on stage and I want to have that sort of like bass face where you're just like mm. oh, the oh stage yeah face. The stage like face. The, yeah. yeah you're just like <laughs> filthy like look on your face when you're hearing something just mad happen but, oh yeah, but yeah so. now that album's amazing i think my favorite thing about his stuff is it's just so joyful because he's such like this cartoon character he's like all over the place and you expect him to be this way but it's like um when i'm setting up stuff for sessions here it's i put all of his albums on and it's just so funky and so groovy because he ha- he carries so much joy on him and so you could feel it just through his music and stuff and the people mm-hmm. that he partners with it's just amazing Mm-hmm. You're so right. And that's exactly what, again, I was thinking. I was like, God, his music is so uplifting, but without being... And th- there is an element of cheese to it, but it's not cheesy. Yeah. Right. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really hard to do. Really, really mm-hmm. hard to do. And then just the musicianship is just phenomenal. So this podcast will just be titled The Cory Wong Appreciation. <laughs> we tend to actually do that quite a bit, where we just focus on someone not even involved in anything going on. And then we're like, well, there goes 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, okay, let's go to you now. Forget yeah. Corey. He's great and everything, but oh, well. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so you're by yourself, literally. It's just you, yourself, and you. There's nobody else on your team at all whatsoever or is do you actually have people that work with you in in your music uh when it comes to the music no yeah it's just me um i mean i i have friends who are starting to get involved so i've got like um i've got the mixing engineer that i use ryan he's amazing and then Mm -hmm. uh rachel k collier produced one of my last singles and Mm -hmm. so i'm just going to work with her on more music um, so it's like a collection of individuals who are all people in their own right. So it's not like, 
my team and okay. um but when it comes to videos now i've just got an editor on board like full time for the oh, first good. time ever that's got to um, feel awesome yeah really really helpful but it, we work in tandem and it's kind of nice cuz it means i still get to do my perfectionist bit of like finishing mm-hmm. up the video and making sure it's um making sure i'm happy with it cuz yeah it's it's my name that goes on the product so oh yeah um uh but he's also an ideas guy he's called john and he's just a big fan of youtube and that's really rare to meet and mm-hmm. we've been working on and off together for like 3 years um but yeah now he's now he's fully committed uh, okay. to me nice. um which is great i mean he has other clients too but um <laughs> Uh, but then, and then I have an agent now, uh, which only oh, happened in, um, August. So building, it's taken yeah. 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like having an agent now? Because you're going from doing everything yourself and now you're building this team. Is that like a weird transition to start trusting more people with your brand and who you are? It's not a problem to trust him. Luckily, like everyone I work with is tried and tested, yeah. um, so I, I have this, you know, he's this, it's more of a company, um, but he kind of like heads up, he's called Dave and um, he heads up the company called Standard and it's got other creators on it, like Adam Neely, uh, okay, Charles yeah. Cornell, these mm-hmm. other music YouTubers, as well as like um, Thomas Frank, uh, the more sort of productivity educational side too. Yeah. So they're very well versed in YouTube. Um, I do think I annoy them more than other people because I'm such a control freak and I'm like, hey, did that, that thing work out? Um, how, have you chased that thing up yet? Um, Just checking in. But, uh, but yeah, I feel, I feel like I want to encourage more musicians to take ownership of their businesses and stuff. And yeah. it's the thing that has let me be independent for all this time and and now getting to a point where it's like I just get to say no to stuff if I want to, which is, mm-hmm. um, right. you know, a strange position to be in. But yeah, so it's yeah. it's hard initially, and you always want to be really really careful. So I wouldn't ever encourage people just to sign the first deal that they're offered. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Always read the contract, get a lawyer, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you're growing now and you're getting more people around you, are you worried about possibly not possibly? It might word this wrong, but like the more people you get, are you going to seem? Do you think it will come off kind of like you're going to be a little bit more untouchable kind of thing? Like you're gonna you're gonna outgrow your audience because I know some people get afraid of that. Is like when they get an agent or something, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, I'm I'm worried I'm not going to be relatable anymore to the original audience that I had. E- I. Th- no, I don't think I'm going to fall victim to that because I'm I'm without a middleman in general. So it's not yeah. like I've signed to a label and then I'm just like not even managing my socials. Right. Everyone still knows it all comes from me. Um, yeah. Every Instagram post, um, even every video, like I'm still the one filming it. Um, uh, sort of John's then doing the craft edit, then I'm still doing the editing. I'm yeah. still sat there uploading on YouTube, uploading to Nebula now and... Um, yeah, and still writing my mailing list. Like it's, it's all me. Um, it's hard to, um, I really try not to, I, well, I try to limit expectations. So it's like under promise over deliver always. So I do see comments, people being like, oh, you don't interact with your audience whatsoever. And I'm like, well, just because I'm not replying to every single comment doesn't mean I don't interact. Because if you watch any of the videos, I literally talk at you about yeah. things that people have said in the comments. And I think that's 
way more personable than me mm-hmm. just because I could pay someone to comment back to everyone. Oh yeah. But if I'm in the video saying, "Hey, I checked out your comments and I can see the mm-hmm. feedback you're giving me," or "This is the thing that I need to focus on now," or "This is something I'm interested in," or "This is something you're interested in," and da da da. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, like no one wants me sat around just monitoring comments all day they want me creating content hopefully or making music so um, <laughs> exactly so the right people understand and then you know the others can just um enjoy their free content i guess <laughs> that's such a nice way to say it that was, a, that was yeah, very that was politically worded. correct that was awesome. i was like come on say something <laughs> <laughs> nah, oh gosh yeah so where does this whole because I love the way that you interact with your audience. And it's amazing mm-hmm. because it does feel very personable and it does feel like you're talking at us. Well, right now you are. But where <laughs> did that whole community aspect of your personality come from? It just kind of seems like you're really good at gathering people together and being able to listen. And the way that you talk, too, is very just direct. And it's very captivating in the way that you approach your content. And that's why, I mean, the first four years ago when you started talking, even though it was just you in your room just sitting like this, hi, I'm Mary Spender. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, this is awesome. Like, she's going to, yeah, going to kill it. Absolutely. I'm still doing that exact same thing. Like, I'm <laughs> on the table right now. You're staying true um, to yourself. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that. I, I don't know. I think, I mean, if you rewatched any of the old videos it's um it's definitely a be it's definitely been a progression mm-hmm. um when people say that they don't want to start youtube because they're not any good on camera i'm like ho, 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 ho. <laughs> uh, watch some of my early videos please um it's just another thing you have to practice another sort of maybe i don't i don't even know what 10,000 is in hours uh, in um days and years but mm-hmm. it feels like maybe i'm like a thousand hours in to learn yeah. how to do that you know mm. like it's it's um it's all a progression it's i mean so much editing that goes on like that's the <laughs> best thing about it i'm starting to be able to talk a little bit more fluently without going um yeah. so and i'm i'd rather take a breath and a bit of space in my language rather than say yep. those things because it's annoyed me when I've been editing videos in the past and I'm just like, oh my God, you said um a hundred times because <laughs> you hadn't planned out exactly what you wanted to say. Right. So um so many things like that. But then the the personality thing has really just come from how I would like to be spoken to or how I would um speak to a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's again just a I don't know. I I think maybe when I was first starting out um, after university, I was in a in a pool of musicians that they were all doing far better than I was, mm-hmm. and they all had the ones who actually went on to be successful um, had this air of coolness <laughs> about them. They were really like chill, and they were really like just. They, they were it seemed like they could handle anything and then i would like wander in and be like <laughs> hey guys i just like saw this new guitar and i'm like and I, and some of them would just be a bit freaked out about how nerdy and open i was or keen yeah and they sort of made it in the traditional route of the industry mm-hmm. which i could never play that game so i was like well what if i just talk directly to people on youtube who yeah. also freak out the same way that i do Mm-hmm. Build a team that freak out the same way I, that I do. <laughs> when I uh, um, unboxed an um, an Epiphone acoustic 
really, really old acoustic guitar recently and put it on a video. Mm-hmm. When I unboxed it and played it, I literally like screamed to myself. <laughs> and um, John was was editing, and uh, he um, we're in in England here. We're we're in a bubble, so yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> <laughs> logistically it's just absolutely hilarious that i'm yeah obviously we work together too but yeah. he was here and he just came in and then he screamed too and we just like screamed at each other about how good this guitar was and i was like wow we really have no chill about this and every time someone says so do you really love gear as much as as much as you look like you do on youtube i'm like yeah. yes yeah i really do <laughs> I know it doesn't mean that I practice enough because I'm just looking at the next piece of gear and I'm just yeah. freaking out over it and I should probably just practice more. I know, whatever, <laughs> but I would just rather freak out about this thing. And then if I can film that and then show other people yeah. and then they can have like a little freak out as they like unbox it with me, then what a joyous occasion mm-hmm. for yeah. just guitar nerds. It's just <laughs> such a pure form of nerdery that I just, I love every second of it. So... I just try not to hide anything um, yeah. because that's not scalable either. Every time someone puts on an act, it's just worrying because then you're just going to be caught out, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And also how so, long can you put that on for? Yeah. I mean, you can't lie on yeah. the internet anymore. People yeah. just get found out immediately. So mm-hmm. When you're not consistent yeah. in the personality and then they're like, wait, I yeah. thought mm-hmm. you were like this. And you're like, oh. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not like that at all. Actually, that was just how I got here. Yeah, <laughs> and it's why I don't profess to be an expert whatsoever, because I think that's the biggest way to like get caught out. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not an expert yeah. in anything. I'm on a journey. Um, and even the people who say they're experts, you're like, you could probably catch them out at some point, or they mm-hmm. just go, yeah, 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 I know about that thing, and you're like, do you really? Right. Do you really? Yeah. You're just saving face. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just always suspicious. I'm like, do you really know what that thing is? It's like every, um, I've just had some experiences in the music industry where pe- you just, it, you can easily catch them out. So I'm yep. like, I never want to be like that person. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you go back to the, uh, you, I'm doing it now, the ums and all that stuff. What's that? Did you read a book or something in order to start noticing those things besides the editing where you're like, oh, I noticed ums and this and weird stuff going on with my speech. Like what steps did you actually take to start doing that? Like, did you read something that's like, oh, that's what I need to start working on? No, I didn't read. I think just witnessing my face on video and editing for 10 hours a day. Um, And I I still um, obviously, just in my natural speech. But when you're doing every other word in a video, Mm -hmm. it can get a bit grating. And and Mm -hmm. people have gone off the style of editing that I really relied on quite heavily, where it was the jump cuts. Yeah, exactly. And it was very vloggy. Mm -hmm. And that people got tired of that quite quickly and it sort of dated itself on Mm -hmm. youtube a bit Mm -hmm. so just figuring out the ways to do that watching what other people do Mm -hmm. and people are getting super professional on youtube now they're getting uh they're having script writers they're uh, using teleprompters they are having two you know two multiple angles not just two angles multiple Mm -hmm. angles so that if you do make a mistake or you um or you are, uh, you can just cut to another angle yep. or you can punch in. Mm-hmm. And now all those sorts of things, it's it's a bit strange. But once you realize what the tricks are, you notice how other people are doing it a lot more. Yeah. So watching, listening, also just discovering what annoys you. 
right. is really, really helpful. Like, would you be able to sit through a video of someone just jump cutting all the time? No. You probably would end up grating on me now. But I did. I, I watched all those videos, yeah. you yeah. know, was the first sort of set of daily vloggers and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah, now everyone, off everyone's of getting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Sorry? was like, YouTube was like my life when I was in college and high school. And mm-hmm. so the whole jump cutting, I'm like, oh, nostalgia. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> like I know. How people used to edit. And now it's like, you're right. It's like all these different angles. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's become like this production when like the reason I fell in love with YouTube, because I am one of those people that love YouTube. The reason mm-hmm. I fell in love with it is because it's like you're talking to your friend. Yeah. And like, even yeah. like, so this morning I was like, I'm catching up on your videos. I'm like, I'm going to check this girl out, like that kind of thing. But I just felt like I was like hanging out with my friend while I was getting ready. Like you're over here talking about an amp, which fun fact, I don't know really anything about music. I just know how to talk really well. And so that's why I'm here. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just like, cool. Like I was like, yeah, girl, tell me about it. Like I know nothing about what you're saying, but it's entertaining to me because you're personable. So yeah, a little compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but I think that's also important to mm-hmm. not forget so that's why i started in january doing this sort of vloggy combination episode where we kind of call it like the jigsaw edit because it's all different um segments from different places so you still have the vloggy q a yeah where there's basically no editing i will just sit there and just be like okay i'm gonna think about this answer after i've just read the question and then just say it to camera Mm. but then i will come back into the studio deliver something a bit more rehearsed and a bit more, I don't know, just simply written down yeah. and um, and then perform a song and then just run through some stuff. But I do think I've got this little vibe going on with these new kinds of videos that I'm really excited about. And it's got me, it's why the 31 videos in 31 days was manageable mm-hmm. because I was suddenly like had this fire again mm-hmm. about combining because I went sort of, I started super vloggy, very unedited or like jump cut edits, you know, easy editing to then trying to go um, quite high level, but then realizing like I'm not qualified enough to like figure that out (laughs) because that takes a level of videography, uh, sound design that I'm just, I'm not there yet. And then I was like, well, just what if I meet in the middle and combine Mm -hmm. both those things and then you get both elements of YouTube. You get the professional side now yeah. where I do seem a bit more polished and I have better cameras finally. And yeah. and then, but I'm still going out and just vlogging by the seaside where I live or um, just unboxing a guitar and just, just sort of documenting it chronologically rather than cutting to B-roll all the time or, yeah. you know. So. Right. But what are you filming on now? You're on Canon, right? Yeah, I've always been on Canon, actually. Okay. Um, so now I'm on the Canon R. Um, uh, okay. But then as soon as I bought that, they brought out the R5 and the R6, which are supposedly way better. But no, I'm I'm pretty yeah. happy with the Rs. And yeah, I just have a, a few um, different lenses that I'm just still getting used to and figuring out and yeah, enjoying yeah. the look of that camera. Definitely. It looks awesome. I haven't touched those yet because I've been shooting on the GH5 for quite some time because mm-hmm. I film weddings and stuff. And so those those are the most reliable right now besides the Sony's. Um, yeah. But I was going to switch to the R stuff. But then a bunch of uh, videographers that I know that do the wedding stuff, apparently they overheat super quick. And that's not good for somebody like me where it's like we're there for 14 hours filming weddings. And so that's what I've been kind of worried about. But it seems like your cameras because you just have the R. So I'm wondering if it doesn't have the same overheating issue. But then again, I don't think it 
does. I think the R5 okay. with the 8K craziness. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the only problem with mine is that it's it's 1080 full frame. It's not. Okay. It's punched in for the 4K. Okay. So I often shoot in 1080 and then uh, don't tell anyone, but I mean, <laughs> whoever listens to this is going to hear that I up-res, don't worry, up-res we'll everything to... Yeah, I up-res everything to 4K. Um, okay. But it, it weirdly, like, it just sort of looks a bit smoother and a bit more... I just, yeah. And saving yeah. memory card space and uh, hard drive space is just better for 1080 footage and then have the actual final video in 4K. It does look so. good, though, because I was... Um, when it said 4K, I was kind of... Because I pay attention to this stuff. I'm very detailed-oriented, and mm-hmm. so I need... I'm obsessive with video stuff, too. But I like that... <laughs> With 4K and then 8K on, it gets a little too crazy because it looks very liney. You can start seeing this crazy aliasing around people and stuff. And I'm not a huge fan of such mm-hmm. sharpness. So the way that you do it, I'm a fan of because it's not super detailed to the point where it's super annoying. That's just a me thing. But yeah. Yeah, no, no. And it's it's all intentional because firstly, I don't want to have to wear much more makeup. I feel like 4K and 8K is just a little bit too detailed on my pores. Um, so it sort of smooths everything out. But then yeah. I still shoot in uh, 23.98, you know, like almost yeah. 24 frames because I think anything else just feels really weird and yeah. strange for, for the kinds of videos I make. There's a time and a place for all of that um, different frame rate stuff. But I just still love the sort of cinematic as as cinematic as I can get, um, but then the R also has 120 frames per second now. Yeah. But it, it only shoots in 720. Oh, okay. But it it looks remarkable. Like even when you just up-res it, it still looks great and buttery and just nice. And so, oh, so yeah, good. I'm just sort of. I I think sometimes people think that they need like the super duper expensive stuff, and it actually is. And these aren't cheap cameras by all means, but they're mm. not the super pro level they're more mm. like a b camera for a for a professional you know they're the just leave in the backpack just in case right um, but then they're my main camera and um yeah i just i love the look yeah yeah how'd you feel about i don't know if you're like an actual nerd when it comes to fantasy and all that stuff how'd you feel about lord of the rings when peter jackson did the whole crazy frame rate did you notice that whole thing or yeah it made me feel sick I, 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 I know that's I'm like Good. super weird about it and it's yeah. same with vloggers like every time they shoot in 50 frames per second or 60 frames yeah and then they're like bringing the camera close to that they're like using it to you know basically shout at their audience yeah um, and I'm just I'd just much rather make so I'd rather be accused of boring than like making someone feel seasick yeah, mm-hmm. I think exactly. That whole janky thing. I think I think it will date itself quite quickly. Hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, agree. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> but yeah, it definitely categorizes I mean, people. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. I think it's important to innovate, so you kind of have to do it. But yeah, I mean, twenty-four frames has been there for a reason because mm-hmm. it looks great and it feels a bit more natural. It feels yeah. a bit more like your actual life. Absolutely. Now, music stuff, because I don't want to get too nerdy about cameras. <laughs> but um, so I've been like listening to your stuff all over again, because uh, I do listen to it quite a bit. And Primrose, I keep coming back to a lot. Mm-hmm. There's just something so groovy about that song. What was the whole process with that like? Because it felt like it went from this idea, the smaller idea. This is the only version I've heard of it is the one that you have out on Spotify. The It's like your top played one, I believe. Mm-hmm. But um 
like that felt like it had an evolution to it. I'm not sure if that's true necessarily, but that's the vibe that it had. It went, it felt like it went from this little, this is a good song to, okay, I know this song is going to be badass. And it turned into this like epic thing. I listened to it and I started jamming to it too at home. Like I'll just start doing solos over it because it's like, oh, Thank dude, you. this is sassy. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just started out as a riff. I was living in Bristol with three other flatmates and I'd just sit and write in my little room and just remember writing that riff because I'm a bit of a, a one-string pony. I like <laughs> doing, <laughs> doing that sort of thing. I'm not a very um, virtuosic guitar player, but I just think melody is really important to like keep it all connected. So, yeah. And then I was still figuring out my style of playing uh, whilst writing that song. So... Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of like people loving it now because I what it must have been must have been 2013 2014 when I started writing it. And then I gigged it a lot because mm-hmm. I was playing a lot of uh 4 hour cover sets and I'd just throw it in. Um then I I started doing my own like headline shows to, you know, 100 people and people really just loved that one and then I recorded it with a friend i had a budget of 100 pounds mm-hmm. in about 2014 maybe 2015 um because i was yeah working a 9 to 5 job uh for 8 pounds an hour so yeah like 100 okay. 100 quid was like a lot of money to spend on a record and yeah um got him to to help me with it and then it was useful to a point but then i re-recorded it after once anderson's happened and that was 20 17 Mm -hmm. and then people suddenly started vibing that song just because i i I just i can't believe what like youtube has done for my career um but yeah people still loving it and still then playing it and i haven't i i don't really um pay attention to spotify like i do youtube but Mm -hmm. it's just mad that people are even just listening to that little song um (laughs) and then i think i even recorded the drums for the most recent version in about t- October of 2017, but then I didn't even release it until when was it? 2019. Like okay, I'm just yeah. really slow because because budgets are really hard to. I mean, it's just hard to earn money enough to be able to put it into a record. Yeah. And only now am I starting to get like confident about being able to afford to making the record that I actually want. Yeah. And and yeah, people sort of expect you just to churn out music because you can do so much at home but mm. um you know there are some things that you want to invest in and it's the mixing artist and uh, if you're doing live drums then that all costs it just costs money so yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots so of it. yeah so yeah i'm i'm thank you for still vibing that song yeah, Hopefully absolutely. I'll do another updated version soon, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> just feel like I'll just like keep updating it because I just <laughs> I think they they don't have to be permanent. The recording doesn't have to be it. Um right. but people can always have access to the recording that they love, but then maybe there'll be something new to add or something. I don't know. I think that'd be cool though. That's an, a good idea is uh, because a lot of people get stuck into um the song has to stay in existence the way it's always been. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of pigeonholing yourself a little bit because it's as you grow as a musician, you start to notice, oh, hey, I can go back on this and stuff like you're saying right now. It's cool to be able to start updating because it kind of shows also the growth of you and the song like you're you're growing together um, as this unit. And like we were just talking about this uh, last episode with a friend of mine, it's he's got like another song, too. It's it's very much so he loved the song he wrote, but he it was just an acoustic version. And then as he got 
more into the industry, he started adding band members and stuff, and the song started growing. And they put out, I think they put out five different versions of it or something like that. And now they're on a yeah. version where it's like, dude, this is epic. So if Primrose turns into that, that'd be really awesome. Because especially my favorite part is the bridge, where it gets to like that drum thing where it breaks down mm-hmm. and stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's a that's a good one. But I think that's a good idea just to let it grow, be your thing, be your baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, especially as, as a song, I think it's always the songs that you've written when you were still figuring stuff out. Yeah. Not that I'm not still figuring stuff out, but <laughs> I think any song that I wrote now, I'd be able to be a bit more committed to just making the one version yeah. and going like, okay, that's the best I can do right now. Maybe revisit late, revisit it later, but it'll be a bit more permanent. Whereas I wrote that at you know, 23 and now I'm 30. Mm-hmm. So it's take it's I wanted to document it then to get it down because I thought it was like one of my best songs. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, but if I used what I know and ev- everything I've learned and all the mistakes I've made and then all the different musicians I've met that could contribute to that record again. Oh, yeah. Who knows? Like, so yeah, mm. maybe I'll just do like a whole album just called like Evolving or something. And I'll just keep updating <laughs> it every five years. <laughs> Have the classic remastered album. It'll just be the same album over and over again. Honestly, me as like a music listener, I'm the type of person where like when I fall in love with a song, I then go and try and find live versions of it because mm-hmm. you always know like a performer then takes it and does like, I think with almost at times I wish they would have done and whenever they're yeah, performing definitely. it live or maybe yeah. they hit a different note because it's not so easy to hit that highest, highest note and hold it out live. Mm-hmm. And I tend to prefer live versions of what an artist I think would have done um, because they can just do it in the moment. And I end up listening more to like live recordings of a song because I'm like, see, that's yeah. like you. That's like the artist vibing. Yeah. It's not like someone in the studio being, like, okay, let's do that one more time. Like- <laughs> yeah, it can get a bit clinical. Mm-hmm. It can. I also think pe- like real musicians who actually want to be on stage all the time mm-hmm. like hopefully one day I'll be able to do again mm-hmm. you kind of don't give your best performance unless you're on stage right you have the to energy. have the deadline of like oh you only get one shot at this yeah to be able to do your thing mm-hmm. whereas in a studio like you know when I'm just here by myself like it takes quite a lot just to get a good vibe and then mm-hmm. you just yeah. you know that you can do it over and over and over and over and over and over and then you can comp, <laughs> yeah. comp together a performance you know like this doesn't have quite the same thing so yeah, yeah i totally agree with you I, yeah some yeah. of my favorite um performances are, are just the live or like the live acoustic version or mm-hmm. yeah it's so right and what are your, some of your favorite live performances from some of your favorite artists I've been kind of, he says it's acoustic. It's not acoustic because he's playing electric guitar, which I always think is hilarious. Um, <laughs> there's a guy called Reese Lewis. Okay. He's like a London-based singer-songwriter. And I've known of him for years and he's just like catapulted. I don't know him personally, but I've mm. just known of, of his music. And he's got this song called No Right to Love You. That's mm-hmm. one of those songs that I just love getting in a bad mood to or not yes. bad mood to maybe sad mood to okay. he's kind of like a sad singer songwriter mm. but he's really great guitarist really beautiful voice mm-hmm. just cool songs um and yeah he's got uh this live version and then he's done the studio version and i, I just can't listen to the studio <laughs> version because i like yeah. I'm too obsessed with the acoustic one and then you know classic is like um um where the light is by John Mayer. Oh, oh. yes. It's just... Oh, you're you're speaking his language. Sorry, Anything John Mayer's yeah. like. 
I mean, John Mayer basically is the foundation of my YouTube channel, so... Um... <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> and the irony is that I don't... I, I mean, I obviously was super, super influenced by him when I was like 19, 20 and started fingerstyle guitar playing and yeah. learned all his like learned all the songs I could learn ignored mm-hmm. all the ones that were too hard um, <laughs> but now like it's just so synonymous and yet he's you know I listen to different music obviously I'm not just sat here just like listening to John Mayer all the time sure I bet you have a room was, in there somewhere it's, okay. where it's all John Mayer you have like the you shrine just, to him yeah I was gonna say you flip the camera it's all John Mayer <laughs> posters we just can't you know what's really right behind here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what that's going to be a really funny sketch I'm going to have to do that one day oh yeah, yeah. 100% yeah, yeah. <laughs> just clip, old that. clips of you when you were younger just talking about John Mayer and then it's like I don't really have that obsession anymore flash <laughs> like <laughs> I've moved on oh my gosh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a cardboard cut out in the corner just staring at you with a sign that says go Mary go yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad obsession to have honestly <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh. I, know. I know. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so when it comes to songwriting, because I want to get at this, is uh, what is? I know it's a big question, but what is your process like? Do you have to get in a weird state in order to actually write some write to write music, or do you just naturally like walk into your studio and you just look at your guitars and be like, "All right, everybody, we're doing this right now," and then just go for it, or? I definitely get a, a feeling. Yeah. I like I get the urge to like sit down with a guitar and it might just be to play, mm-hmm. but then through playing or like even just learning something, I'll then just get completely distracted by trying to write. Yeah. And that's really nice. Um, it does also mean that sometimes I'll just go weeks without writing. Yeah. Like I might still play, but I might just, I might have written a song and then be obsessed with playing the song over and over and over again. Like I released one track uh, last year called Back on Land mm-hmm. and I wrote it quite early on to lockdown. And then for the whole of lockdown, that was all I was playing. Yeah. I was like, what is my pro, <laughs> like, what is this? I'm just obsessed with my own song um, <laughs> until I write something new. And then I, you know, get obsessed with that song and then, or realize it's rubbish and stop playing the song and then have to you know, come up with something else. But yeah, so I I write quite, what I've realized is that I write quite traditionally, but mm. I need to um, get the songs down while I'm still vibing them. Yeah. So I'm learning a lot from my friend Rachel. She's like a ridiculous producer, but mm-hmm. she writes as she's producing. And then, you know, talking to Corey Wong, yeah. he writes and produces at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I've never done that. So I've always write quite traditionally, just sat with a either notepad or laptop with an acoustic guitar. And then I just use my phone and I just document everything. Yeah. And I'll just stop and start, stop and start. So you'll just hear the progression in those elements rather than just coming out with a produced track. Then I um, get obsessed with songs and then I'll try and track drums. Um, but the last time I tracked drums, obviously, because of lockdown was last January. Mm. So finally just getting Gosh. to those and getting back to those songs to finally just make a 10-track record, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, trying not to get too distracted by writing again at the moment, although I'm feeling a little bit more prolific than maybe I have been. Um, yeah. But but yeah, just trying to just capture ideas all the time, but then also sit myself down to actually sit and, and track and produce and figure stuff out that way and um, get to grips with 
all the technology that I do have available um, in a minimalist state. It's not like I've yeah. got loads of outboard gear or anything like that. It's just like plug in, mm -hmm. uh, record the guitars and just get that down. So trying to realize that there's definitely a difference between songwriting for me and, and producing, whereas yeah. other people are a lot more, a lot more tied in together. Yeah. I know some people that will get like an Airbnb or something and then run away to the woods or someplace and then lock themselves away and just get in some crazy headspace. I have a friend of mine that will let me know where he's at. And then he'll say, check on me in a week. Um, I'm going to get in a weird mood. It's not me being psycho at all whatsoever, but I need to stay in this state in order to get this thing that I feel that needs to get mm -hmm. out on, on paper, which is crazy to me. It's like people allowing themselves to get in that mindset of whatever, like a sad thing or whatever. And they live there and camp there for quite some time in order to get their stuff. I think even Justin Vernon um, did that. Uh, what's this from a uh, Bon Iver. Mm -hmm. Like that's one mm -hmm. thing that he used to do too, is it's like, it's crazy to me that people get in that state and stay there. I would love to try that. I've never had the ability to be able to just run away. I yeah. tried, um, uh, but I mean, it was with an ex, so it was a little bit, it was a bit tricky to <laughs> go off and get in a sad state and be in the Lake District and everything and, and go out on country walks all day. But then I'd just come back and then I'd just like forget that I had to, I was meant to like write songs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe if I went and did that myself, then, but then I, then I, but then I look around and I'm like, well, I live by myself and I live in, you know, an apartment where I can record. And I'm like, yeah. if I can't do it here right now mm -hmm. for just the cost of my rent, right. then I probably shouldn't go and pay for an Airbnb for a week. <laughs> can you tell how frugal I am as well? Right. Like, I'm like, which is great. Unsigned musician. <laughs> I just uh, I can't afford the luxuries that. You know, when, when people are like, oh, yeah, I go into a recording studio without an album. I mean, this is like Adele says this. Yeah. So obviously her budgets are a little Some bit people. bigger than mine. But they're like, oh, I'll, just, I'll go in without any ideas and then I'll just sit in a studio for six weeks and mm -hmm. you know, then I'll come out with an album. And I'm like, okay, some of us have to have real jobs and yep. businesses. And, Can I have a realistic okay. option, please? <laughs> yeah. So I guess just trying to show people that you don't have to do that and rack up a huge bill. Yeah. Um, yeah. That no one can really afford. And I mean, if a record label's paying for it, then you're basically paying for it because it's just a loan. Oh, so. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, That's where they but, trick you. I know you've talked about writing like a song that you knew wasn't good, but like you mm -hmm. powered through writing that song. Mm -hmm. Like, is that something you recommend for people? Like if you have like a certain sound like in your head and you're like, okay, I'm going to try and build off of this. I'm going to write this song. But you're like, it's not coming out, but I need to get it out of my system because if I don't, I'm going to keep trying to write this bad song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to write so many bad songs to write one good song. Yeah. Hmm. And I think people think that they're going to keep shaping something and then it will just magically be great at the end of it, but you can keep shaping something and it will just still be rubbish. And you're yeah. like, yeah. okay, maybe that one was just for me. No one else needs <laughs> to hear that. But I'm still learning that. Like yeah. I went through a phase when I was younger, you know, if I started writing at 15, I wrote like three songs and then I played all three songs at every open mic I did for the, like the next two years. <laughs> so I kind of was like three for three. And then I, I have found, <laughs> I have found um, some notebooks that I, I pretty much stopped doing this, which is a shame. I should have kept it up, but I like would be 
meticulous about documenting how many songs I'd written. Like, even mm-hmm. if they were bad, I would finish them. And I think I got to, like, 120, so that's, like, three wow. notebooks. Maybe wow. maybe it's a little bit more. But <laughs> some of them, I wouldn't even be able to remember what chords... Because I didn't write the chords down, obviously. I just wrote the lyrics because yeah. I just expected myself to remember absolutely everything. <laughs> but I'm like, I only remember the good ones because then I played the good ones and then crafted them at live shows and then, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll commit them or... Um, or have a voice note of them. But yeah, so many, so many bad songs for one good song. It's like anything. That yeah. makes me feel better as like a non-creative person. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, so you guys just aren't these perfect human beings that just <laughs> put out this amazing music all the time. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> well, if, if you think of it in, um, I mean, again, Cory Wong is like, the complete opposite of this where he's like put out I think 13 albums in the last mm-hmm. 12 months or something outrageous Holy, whereas yeah. I think I've put out 10 tracks in the last 15 years <laughs> <laughs> so um so you know uh it's more of a curated thing of what's going on. Um, it's case but, by case. Yeah you know it takes me yeah a zillion oh years God. to get something down. <laughs> But with oh the YouTube God. videos, then I can just be like, oh, yeah, I'll do 31 YouTube videos in 31 days. And that's stupid because that's video and audio. And then yeah. <laughs> putting on makeup. Like, I don't have to put on makeup for making records. And yet I have to put on makeup to make videos. So I'm like, <laughs> definitely getting this wrong around. I enjoy just not. I, I enjoy being in my slumber, you know. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, my God. Uh, and you're still, like, completely on lockdown over there, right? Yeah. So this is all you're gonna, you're mm-hmm. doing is just focusing on being at home and you just get out and you do your workouts and stuff and you do the yeah. beach thing. But that's pretty much it, right? Yep. Oh, yep. my gosh. How are you staying sane? Do, are you buying a bunch of six packs and just, <laughs> just like, them when you it's, it's behind the scenes of YouTube. <laughs> as soon as we get done here, you're just going to be like, oh, my God, my life. Well... You say that you joke, um, but yeah, basically. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love my beer, and um, what do you drink? I mean, what is your beer of choice? Yeah. Um, well, at the moment in the fridge, I've got Sierra Nevada in. Oh, okay. So, like, okay. I like pale ales and IPA, yeah, IPAs, uh, session ales. I'm not, I'm not a typical English lager drinker. Like, okay. Every time people over here call like lager is their drink and i just i'm not really a lager fan um but yeah so like little craft craft beers um which is the vibe over here stuff yeah it's very the vibe i think sierra nevada is not that sierra nevada is yeah not far from us and pretty much everybody drinks sierra nevada here yeah 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 Oh man, I want to fly over. You'd thrive here. You'd thrive. I would. You really would. would. It's so funny because like our like now we're talking about alcohol. Um, I'm like this is my time. My favorite thing. (laughs) No, but you can go to. What do you think we're drinking? I know, right? This is not Starbucks coffee. Um, No, but we like you can go into like pretty much any any convenience store, any grocery store here and find a good selection of like pale ales, IPAs, like yeah. just because that's what everybody drinks here. So yeah. know, maybe one lockdown. It's getting over. a lot better <laughs> over here. It's getting a lot, lot better. Um, so I'm very, very grateful for that because I only really got into them in what, 2014 when I first went to the States for like an extended trip and mm-hmm. then realized that there were all these. And then I worked behind a bar in a craft ale place in Bristol where I used to live. So oh, okay discovered what I liked and what I didn't like mm-hmm. and the reason for it. And yeah. it's just like, it's just as complicated as wine sometimes. Like there are so mm-hmm. many different things. When you say beer, it's like saying, yeah, wine, like what type, 
Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I can't drink wine. It Neither gives me the I. worst hangovers, which oh, is okay, such a shame. Yeah. Really, <laughs> lo- I really loved the idea of being an absolute connoisseur yeah. as I got older, but that's probably not going to happen. I can have <laughs> one glass and then just be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then otherwise, I, I enjoy gin and tonics and stuff like that. There has Margaritas. to be a secret. Because you see all these people that are like, I love wine, and they have like wine all day. And I'm like, how do you survive tomorrow? <laughs> like, I touch uh, red honestly. wine and get a headache. Like, I don't even have to drink it. I touch it, and I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, here it comes. <laughs> honestly, I, my first hang- I had my first hangover at 17, and I've never, ever escaped a hangover. Whereas so many of my like, universe, like, I was always, I looked like a middle-aged woman when I was 19, <laughs> because like, on, after, after like a Friday night, on the Saturday morning, I'd be in the bathroom just lying on the floor. Oh, and I'm yeah. not ashamed of this because, like, my parents know about it. Like, right. because me and my brother inherited hangovers from my folks. They yeah. also had terrible hangovers. So right. it's. I feel like it's just genetic and mm-hmm. it's just... It's also saving grace because it means I really, really can't get too drunk um, right. without True. knowing the consequences. So um, I've learned my lesson far too many times, missed too many things the next day and uh, <laughs> just decided that maybe maybe it's just not worth it. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been irresponsible with my time, you know, I'm not ashamed of that. No. <laughs> oh, we've never. Not we at don't, all. We no, don't know we're her. Completely Everyone else square. is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've definitely learned as well. Yeah, we have a lot of different stuff here. Like we've got uh was it Lost Coast Brewery and Oh, we have a ton of breweries yeah. here, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I think you'd thrive here mm-hmm. for sure. So if you ever wanted to write, we have friends with Airbnbs, you could totally mm-hmm. just stay in. We have so. our, we have the studio here. Yeah, we've got the massive studio here. And so. then we have the Airbnb right behind. So it's you'd be a, taken care of for sure. Yeah. As soon as I can get off this island. As right. Soon. My God. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty nuts here. It's just all redwoods and that's pretty much it. I think San Francisco's four and a half we have hours beaches away. Too. Oh yeah, beaches. Our beaches are probably mm-hmm. different from from your type of beach though cuz I mean you're in Brighton is that where you're at where are you at okay yeah. and it's yeah. like a sorry I'm like low key obsessed with the UK it's just a, <laughs> something Go I want I want to do my master's degree in London so my ultimate goal is to move at some point and um not to make it about me but um Brighton was somewhere I looked about moving to at some point but it just threw me off that the beach is pebbles and it's not sand and it's just like yeah. such a different <laughs> from what it we is know different. as a beach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have sandy beaches um, in different parts of the country, mm-hmm. but over this side, yeah, it's, it's all pebbles. But it's actually really handy because, I mean, you just have to bring like an extra towel as like something yeah. else to lie mm-hmm. on underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just means like less sand around mm-hmm. yeah, you know, in the sense. summertime. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's it's definitely a different kind of beach, and that always every time I like take a picture of the sea, people are like, "Oh, it's such a shame we've got pebbles." And I'm like, "It's not that bad. It's like <laughs> I saw the ocean. That's <laughs> like, true. That's better true." Than, you know, so um, uh, but Cornwall and Devon, which is over the other side of the country, it's about like six hour drive mm-hmm. from here. Um, they have some of the most beautiful beaches I think I've ever seen. Every time um, it's good weather and me and my friends make it down there in the summers, um, it looks like we're in Croatia. It oh, just, yeah. The water yeah. is just amazing. The beautiful golden sand, basically untouched coastline, loads of secret beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how it is It's really too. useful, like us just being like this little island as well. Like it means that there's beaches all the way around, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. You're never too far away. So, so yeah, there's something for everyone. Just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the weather is a little bit um, tepid sometimes. 
Not, yeah. not freezing. We don't get super, super freezing. I mean, even right now, it's like uh, zero degrees Celsius and this is like the coldest it will be in where I am. Obviously, mm. up, up mm. north, it will be different, but um, that's not that bad. And it's like, there's not crazy Chicago winters or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds similar to kind of how our weather is yeah. here. Humboldt County is pretty much just eh, like a, a sunny day for us is 70 degrees Fahrenheit, which yeah. I'm like over here, like, what is Celsius? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's like, yeah, that feels quite similar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. rainy days I'm trying to mostly. Do it in my head, I, know. I think it's like you double it and then you add thirty. So if you take away, so it's like twenty degrees Celsius. Okay, seventy. Because mm-hmm. I've heard people Someone be like, it's thirty be degrees outside screaming. and it's blazing, and I'm like, what? I'm like, that's freezing outside. <laughs> <laughs> but clearly, it's Celsius. <laughs> I'm just the yeah. idiot over here. <laughs> no, 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 it's confusing. It's confusing. Uh, so the Epiphone you just unboxed, by the way. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. That thing is beautiful. Like, I heard you I play a track on it, and I, I was just like, oh, my gosh. How's that? Has it been inspiring a lot of songwriting what, now that you've gotten it? Or is it just kind of, I don't know. I've I, I, Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, dude, this thing has so much life in it. There's so many things that could happen on that. Yeah, it's, it's real character. Yeah. I think um, I have written... I have been writing on it. I really like that it's in E flat as well. It just okay, sort of yeah. is like a different thing. Some of the songs I've been working on are working out better on mm-hmm. the guitar than I imagined. Um, I don't know. Again, since I wrote some of the songs, my voice has gotten lower. So some of the things I'd written, which I couldn't quite reach, and I was trying to be all sultry and smoky <laughs> or whatever, I can now reach. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's working. I just need to... I, I'm... I'm just trying to make sure I don't use it too much, but mm-hmm. then don't use it too little. And because um, I don't need it to be my main guitar. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's definitely, I think I've got a song called Restaurant Window that I think it's just, it's going to be the thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the, I, I think it's the right vibe. That and then another song called um, Make Me an Offer. Um, but I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I just yeah. actually listened to that on your Instagram last night. Or was it this morning or last night that you posted it? That yeah, was yeah, yeah. awesome. On IGTV, yeah. Yeah, I'm Thank a fan. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. If I was, was smart, just, um... I would have been like, hey, you should play something for us. But I didn't think to ask about that during <laughs> when we were emailing. <laughs> hey, so also it's going to be a little concert. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, that song's great. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. And Thank then back you. on land, too, um, I was... At, mentioning beaches and stuff i was going through this weird creative thing and nothing i was listening to was helping with the moment at all whatsoever and i put back Mm -hmm. on land on and just left it on repeat for like three hours because i was i I went so i know which is crazy (laughs) but like when i did when the song has a vibe to it it's you you push past the the expectation of getting getting annoyed by some at some point because it's on repeat Mm -hmm. and you Uh continue to focus on the vibe and push through. So that song, I had it on when I was doing my hike because it was just one of those moods where it's like, okay, I've been doing uh, studio stuff a lot lately and then filming. I just need something to complete office. So I put that on and just did this long ass hike. <laughs> and that song wow, was just Wow, that on. song on repeat. That's yeah. so funny because I've, I've done similar things with other people's music and yep. I, I can't believe you've done that with mine. That's like the biggest <laughs> compliment because I, mm-hmm. I get hooked on a song and then I just listen to it. So yeah. I'll give you one example. When Carry Me Away by John Mayer came out, yeah. I was in, I was on like a four day trip with my dad. We drove mm. down uh, 
to France to stay in my friend's place and mm-hmm. I just wanted to cycle up some hills. Yeah. And so I went on this like epic 50 mile cycle which had like a crazy amount of just hit. It was just hills the whole yeah. time, mm-hmm. which to other people is really unpleasant. To me, I was like, yes, I can't. I, this is like what I've been meant to do in my life. Right. Just like a, a just little, I don't know what I am. I'm a, a donkey badass. Going I uphill. got this. <laughs> yeah. But I just had my phone just blur. I didn't have headphones in because I don't do that when I'm cycling. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, because the roads were so quiet, I just had it like blaring out my back pocket from the yeah. phone. And I just listened to that song on repeat for like three hours straight. Yeah. So. That's a cool. Great you did that song. with Back on Land. Yeah, Back on Land. Yeah, it was uh, because our beaches. We have a lot of. Um, one of them is called Centerville, and it used to be an old mm-hmm. Navy base, and so it was like all aquatic stuff. And so there's also some of the stuff that's still left there. And so it was like mm-hmm. this just kismet moment of, you know, being adventurous, and then back on land. And then I was thinking about you mentioned X. I was thinking about an X and all this stuff. And it was just like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a song that does it because I went through like every John Mayer song. I went through all this stuff. I'm like. <laughs> Nothing's, it doesn't suffice right now. And so that I put that on and it just kind of just naturally happened. But yeah, big, cool. yeah, it was actually, it was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, and then I went home and jammed to it too. So <laughs> were you listening, were you listening to the electric or the acoustic version? Uh, the electric version. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The acoustic version I actually just heard today because I, it's, I was very partial to the electric version because I like when you play electric that your tone's really good. So. Thank you. Well, yeah. I'm I'm really glad that I did both because I really assumed people would listen more to the electric, um, mm-hmm. uh, the acoustic version because mm-hmm. like it's a bit more like classic acoustic song. But then the fact that yeah, I did the electric version, just people seem to yeah gauge that more. So it's really cool. It's like I have no idea what people like. Basically, that's the <laughs> summary. <laughs> well, it's cool. I think I'll just I... give them everything. <laughs> they can choose. <laughs> I, I listened to the acoustic version, and I think what it is, and I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't mind being wrong. Um, I think what it is is your electric playing has more authority in it. Mm. Uh, on some songs, it feels like there's more just authority in your playing and the way that you uh, execute the song. And then when I heard the acoustic version, not downing you at all whatsoever, so please don't take this as an offensive thing. Um, oh, but if you are offended, let me know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's very like, open to critique. I'll just end so just the Zoom like, call. Yeah, I know. Never She's like, <laughs> I'm not sending the audio. I'm not. I'm all about open communication. So the moment you feel something, just tell me. Um, <laughs> end all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with the electric, it just felt like the authority in it. That's because I, I mean, I record guitars all day long, so it's like I can tell when somebody's like, oh, and in the pocket and then mm-hmm. when somebody's not with something and so that i think the electric was just my favorite just because you could feel it a lot more in my opinion so yeah i'm trying to think how that tied in because i'm trying to remember what headspace i was in with the acoustic because again i think i'm much better at recording electrics because of having like the ox box and just yeah. being able to like you know just let things basically um be the sound that they're meant to be rather than like miking up a cab in this room would just be an absolute nightmare <laughs> so being able to have things on 10 knowing that the tone is good um i use the silver sky for that and that explains um, it. the action's like quite high okay on on it but it, that helps because it like feels a little bit acoustic like for f- mm-hmm. fingerstyle but then um yeah i'm trying to th- i'm trying to think i can't remember what i was feeling with the with the martin but yeah but yeah now the silver sky is great. I have one of them too. I have uh, what version? It's like the silver one. I don't remember the color name. <laughs> tungsten. Yeah, tungsten. Tung- yeah, that's the one tungsten? I've got with the rosewood uh, fingerboard and stuff. I hate that I know that. <laughs> I hate that I know 
See, I'm jealous that you know that. Because I sit no. with him all day and he's like, music, music, music. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. I've been better about it, though. I'm yeah. Like, you yeah. understand that I don't fully get it. I have the utmost appreciation, but I'm just like, it's like a foreign language to me. And so I'm just yeah. sitting there like, okay, great. Awesome. You're passionate. And that's why I love it. <laughs> well, I find myself, so I've started this uh, again, it was a lockdown thing, getting yeah. people to send in guitar stories because I was like, well, I can't go out and search for them, so I'll just get people to send in. Yeah. And honestly, some of the things people read uh, that write in their emails and it's like talking about P90s and paths and stuff like that, and I'm like, I really... This is a strange language to speak, mm-hmm. and yet everyone I know who watches this particular type of video mm-hmm. understands everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so funny. I'm like wow, this is like an alien language to (laughs) (laughs) non-nerds. To me. (laughs) And it's so so nuanced and I'm still learning so, so much. And I still haven't like, I still haven't experimented or like picked up some of these guitars that have different types of pickups or like, Mm -hmm. and it's why it's so funny because people walk in and be like, oh, you have have loads of guitars. And I'll, I'll be able to be like, they all do different things. I know yeah. I know that sounds like an excuse, but I mm. promise they all do different things. They all serve a different... It's like having a Swiss army knife of, of uh, guitars. Oh, yeah. And yet it's just so hard to explain mm-hmm. to... But then well, other people have clothes. I don't have any clothes. I like wear the same thing over and over again. I just don't <laughs> care about clothing. It's so funny you say that because literally... So watching your videos this morning, I, you were talking about all your different... You gave a studio tour. And so I was Uh watching your studio tour and you're talking about your different guitars and you're like, this one looks cool, but it's not that great. And I was like, see, (laughs) I would go off of looks and I'd be like, that looks amazing. But it was interesting because I've heard him talk about how like different guitars have different sounds or different mics to give a different tone to a voice. And like the reason I have this mic or he has this mic is because whatever, it Mm -hmm. sounds better on my tone and my inflection. And so it was interesting to hear you talk about the same way as guitars because my brain doesn't go, oh, that's why so many people have like 15 guitars when you're an artist. It's because it has a different sound. It gives a different vibe to the music, like that kind of thing. So I appreciate it as like someone that almost needs it in layman's terms most days where I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Because then I'm sitting there learning and I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm intrigued. Because mm-hmm. I do nerd out when I get passionate about things mm-hmm. very easily. Mm-hmm. So if I think if I really sat down and like just dove into it, I could get into it. I just... Yeah, because I can't, (laughs) (laughs) it makes it hard for me to get into it. But I think it it would be a subject I'd get into. With guitars as well, like you do hear with your eyes as well. So it's, especially when it comes to an electric, like if I say something sounds bad, it's like it it probably feels great to play, but then you can change the electrics, um, the actual like pickups and stuff. It's just getting round to doing that kind of thing. So um so yeah, like if, sometimes if a guitar looks cool, but it needs some, and, and that's where you get into the mm-hmm. nuance because you're like, okay, it looks really great, but I'm going to like rip out all the guts and then I'm going to like <laughs> redo it and then I'm going to get it set up properly again and yeah. or take it to a professional or whatever. Um, yeah, it's a bit like renovating a house, I guess, like, you know, oh, having 100%. your own tastes and stuff. Are you kind of staying away from doing that? Are you, are you keeping everything pretty stock on all your guitars or are you going to try to do something at some point? Um... I think with the Ibanez Artcore, I can't decide whether I need to rip out the... I really like having it because it feels sentimental because it was like the second guitar I bought. Right. Um, but I sold the one I actually bought and then I re-bought this one 
mm-hmm. recently. Uh, for I need to make a video on it. Um, <laughs> uh, Stay tuned. But yeah, I think that that would be the one that I would actually feel happy changing yeah. out. Some of the other ones, I mean, my Vigier, it just doesn't need anything doing to it. it I just think it's utterly perfect for oh, me. Yeah. Um, it's got, I mean, Patrice Vigier, he has you know chosen the pickups for a reason and i'm like okay i'll just I'll just stick to that so <laughs> if they're deemed stock they're still not stock they're, right. they're not just like generic pickups they're still tailored to the guitar yeah. um just looking around at my collection <laughs> yeah i feel i feel the same about the others like the the mexican p bass that does have uh cooler pickups um so yeah i'm i'm not adverse to to it just if it needs it so it's mm-hmm. not like i'm gonna have a silver sky and then change up the pickups right because like the reason i have the silver sky is because those pickups have been tailored to that particular sound yeah um and there are people with better ears than me and i trust that and mm-hmm. i'm like okay right that's that thing <laughs> i have no idea what the original of that thing is or how to even get that sound so i'll just trust someone else to to um yeah you know yeah. pick that tone out for me yeah mm-hmm. that's uh the silver sky like when i got mine um i didn't know the difference either because they were they're supposed to be modeled after like the 60s uh pickups or something yeah, 63, like 63 64 so they're called 635 635s yeah in between 63 and, and, uh, 64. i worked at a studio recently where there's about 20 of them lined up and so I got to compare the silver sky to all of those guitars because the dude that oh. owns the studio Oh my god! <laughs> the actual 1963, yeah, 64. Yeah, he's Fender. got like 20 wow. of them lined up, and then like on the other oh side is god. all 50s Les Pauls, and there's 20 of those. So it's like I walked in there and about passed out. And so, but I that's got to compare a them. horrific amount of money just on a wall oh, in a good way. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a lot of well, history. But I mean, I'll probably bleep this part out. But um, he owned. Right. Yeah, so he uh, he can do that. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe bleep that out so he doesn't yeah. get robbed. <laughs> I'll bleep that out, but I'll, I'll let you have that one. Um, but yeah, he, it's insane. Those guitars are incredible. Like, oh I was, I could not... I was shaking when I picked it up because I didn't mm-hmm. feel worthy of holding such history there. And then there's just 20 of them. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be here a while. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Suddenly you're lost for like five hours. And they're like, where have you been? I'm like, just alone with some guitars. Like, just been with the guitar. Exactly how yeah. I am in a guitar shop. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like pulling, I call it pulling a Smeagol. It's like, my process. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So eventually we had to work, but yeah. uh, I didn't want to. But <laughs> No, it's really and, yeah. hard, yeah. And then, so the guitar behind you, you just did that unboxing too, the PRS. Mm-hmm. That's the, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Zach Myers. Zach Myers, yeah. We actually got an yeah. email at the store that I work at of your t- your whole unboxing video from our rep, and he was like so stoked about how you did the <laughs> review and all that stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was really for, cool. For that guitar? For that guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So they sent out a mass email to all of their dealers, because um, I work at a music shop here, and because uh, uh-huh. I told my boss that we were going to do this, and he's like, oh, it's funny, because we just got this email from PRS, and then we look, it's from our rep, and it, it's actually with your video, and they were super stoked about how you talked about it, and they said it was the best explanation that they heard <laughs> She's about like, that guitar. <laughs> this blows my mind. She's you like, didn't hear about she's that? She's like, news to <laughs> no. me. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. No. 
<laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I, I have no idea. I, I wake up every day and I still don't understand why people watch my videos. And then to hear like the like, I, I, um, I got an email from a friend who does. She works at PRS, and she's been. She's been. I've known her for a few years now, and yeah. she just saw the video that I was there, like when it had been released, and I looked at it online, and I was like, "Oh my god, for eight hundred pounds over here, yeah. um, I guess I guess it will be probably eight hundred dollars. Um, that's a ridiculous looking guitar. Yeah, not just like it sounds great too, but uh, just it just looks stunning, and the fact mm-hmm. that it's not." Three thousand, yeah. five thousand, but it looks like it's one of the top range PRS. That's just really, really smart. Um, I mean, it was already modelled on uh, Zach Meyer's like first signature, but yeah, um, yeah. And then they were like, "Oh, there just happens to be one like rotating around the UK people. Do you want it for a bit?" Um, I'm hoping they'll just like forget that I have it. <laughs> In the midst of lockdown, they're like, "Where is it?" Oh, yeah, where's it? Where's it? Where's it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I also like having a guitar that is. I n- I don't want to sound arrogant, in fact, but like if I keep playing the three thousand pound guitars or mm-hmm. whatever, people just think you're an asshole, really. Um, <laughs> and and it's it's. I think it's important to. Uh, still be a fan of the more affordable yeah guitars because like that's what everyone learns on it's what it's what i practice on more than the expensive ones right so yeah it's sort of it feels like a weird luxury and i if if you if i'd looked at myself like even four years ago and looked at my range of guitars now i'd just be like well, she's a spoiled brat. But I'm like, but they all do different things. <laughs> and some of them have been gifts from the companies, which is like yeah. madness too. So it's not like I've just forked out and forked out. So, right. so yeah. Have you noticed when you go from a lower end guitar to a more expensive guitar, um, you feel like you're a badass? Because it's like there's some of them, some necks that I have of my old guitars. It's just a workout. It's just brutal. And then I'll go to a more expensive guitar and then it's just like butter and it's a night and day difference between the two. <laughs> yeah. But then there are some of the like more affordable guitars that mm-hmm. just feel great. And then yeah. you pick up like a really expensive one and you're like, this feels terrible. Um, right. I've got it with um, with my acoustics right now. I just need to set, I need to reset my Martin. I, mm-hmm. I need to actually like... Um, lower the action on it because yeah. every time I pick it up now I'm I'm sort of sort of gotten used to playing like a $200 orange wood which yeah. sometimes I just practice on for the fun of it um and then I realize like why I like that and why I don't want to play the Martin as often yeah and I'm like oh it's just simple it's just like the action on it it's not the actual guitar it still sounds great both sound great but but yeah so it's it's figuring out all those like little nuances as to how to make even an affordable guitar feel great right um but there are some things that you can change and some things you can't so if you love the shape of a neck um but the pickups aren't great quality then you can swap out the pickups later on and that's kind of like it's useful to know that five thousand pounds doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to love that guitar anymore exactly you could have that for five hundred dollars so um again that's just another thing that i need to keep reiterating and um making people aware that you know, when I, if I have a, a two thousand, three thousand pound guitar, it's because 
um, of a specific reason or like with my Vigier, like that really is my perfect guitar. It's really slim neck. Yeah. Um, it's got carbon fiber in it so it can go around the world. And that's mm-hmm. why I bought it because I bought it because I thought I was going to be a touring musician for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but even before 2020, like I wasn't gigging all that right. much, um, but I was traveling quite a lot. So, you know, just taking a guitar that's gotten used to being in the UK and then traveling with it, it needs to be... Um, dry, very, very dry wood. And then yeah. a carbon fiber neck just means that it's just not even going to need to be set up wherever I go. So right. it's like weird, nuanced, logistical things that every guitarist needs to be thinking about yeah. at, at a certain point in their career. As far as necks go, what's your preferred neck as far as the shape and all that jazz? A muscly... I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> mine's the absolute opposite. Like, very slim neck. Um, uh, very, very slim neck. Um, yeah. It's weird, even, but I'm, I'm starting to enjoy different shapes. So I'm not entirely... I'm not going to pretend like I remember what... Like, whether it's a C shape or... Mm-hmm. I guess it's a C shape. Like, really modern neck on on the vigier and the radius is 12 inches Mm -hmm. okay which is really flat yeah um and obviously like standard like that's it's just a very modern uh uh neck profile and then yeah it's short scale too so that is much more preferable because i've got tiny hands um Mm -hmm. i mean they're not that tiny but like they're much smaller (laughs) than like John Mayer's hands on, on the silver <laughs> sky, you know. Um, that's why that can have a chunky neck. But then yeah. that neck feels weirdly fluent to me. Mm. So, but then I I kind of have difficulty with my Ernie Ball St. Vincent. Like, mm. I'm not a huge fan of that neck, but then other people absolutely adore the neck on that guitar and they're like, that's the first thing they think about. So it's just so... It's just so nerdy. I can't get <laughs> over how I can have a conversation about necks. Like, I love every second of it, but I'm also very self-aware that it's ridiculous. No, you're totally good. You are totally good because that's, I mean, yeah, I have a 72-thin-line uh, Telecaster. That's like the Sunburst. Um, love that. It's a, it's a boat of a neck. Like, it's mm-hmm. just insane. I use that for a lot of rhythm stuff, um, mm-hmm. I, but I learned how to play lead on that. And that was a chore. Right. It was like a gym in itself and all that. And then I got a, uh, actually it's behind me, the Doc Fisher Telly. It's a local guy he builds for a bunch of Nashville people and stuff. It's very uh-huh. gaudy, actually. But um, it's a really, really thin neck. And I so I went from the huge neck to that and noticed a massive difference in just playing. And that has just been awesome. And then I just got uh, a Duesenberg Star Player TV. Um, that thing is incredible. I, uh, hands down wow. best neck I've ever played on. So, uh-huh. but yeah, I could talk about necks and stuff all day long too. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and we both know like it could get way nerdier. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like I, I can't even go, there are some conversations that I can't even listen to about guitars cause I'm still like, oh my God, that's, that's next, next, next level. Um, <laughs> but I, I can, I'm, I'm pretty okay in, in, in this realm, but yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify for listeners, oh, we're yeah. talking about guitar necks. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not human necks. Not human necks. Yeah. No, no, no none of that. <laughs> it, in layman's terms, it's, you know, the strings on a guitar, it's yeah, that, that, thing, that yeah. longer portion. Yeah. We'll put pictures in the notes of this episode yeah. so people can understand like diagrams and stuff. For people like me that listen to our podcast. <laughs> the one person. I know. I know. <laughs> Just, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> my gosh. Um, yeah, that's uh, I, I try to have to be really careful about music stuff because there's so many different people that listen to this mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we have to explain certain things, especially when I have my musical friends on, like my buddy David. We were just, it was like two hours of talking about record labels and stuff. And then mm-hmm. we forgot to mention, oh, this is how it works. So it's just like a lot oh, right. of just talk because he's he's in the yeah. thick of it. So nobody understands what he's saying <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to have to come out with episodes like after each musician and be like, this is what we meant. And this is what this means when we said it this way. <laughs> well, I, I have the same thing. It's why I dip into so many different like um, what do I call them? Uh, one of my friends calls them like pots. Like he'll do different types of videos and yeah. he'll do it like a pot, but I think like a different pool of, or um, so like I'll go super nerdy when I'm unboxing a guitar and figure right. that out. But then um, I'll do an interview with someone who's not necessarily a guitarist, but what well, they might be, um, but it might be a bit more about singer songwriting. And then I'll do the original songs or the cover songs. And yeah, yeah. So it's, it's about sort of doing uh one thing to hit each mm-hmm. pocket of people. Yeah, there's a good um, balance. Right. Yeah. How do you prep but, for stuff like yeah. that? As far as with different musicians and stuff, like if it's out of your element, like say you do, you talk to an EDM artist, how do you prep for the complete polar opposite of what you do as far as being a guitar player and then going into that realm? Um, I think it's pretty useful just being... Because I, because I'm not just like a pure guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, guitar was always my hobby, so um, I started out in classical music, which is a whole other ball game. Um, <laughs> and I think all the fundamentals between musicians are the same. And then it's creative process, and then it's work ethic, and um, business, and opportunities, and like all those sorts of things that you can touch upon. So yeah. I wouldn't necessarily start talking about plugins to someone because. <laughs> I know the plugins that I know. Sorry, (laughs) there are there are some plugins that I really enjoy, but I I'm not such a high level producer that I would even try and go there. Um, Mm. But but yeah, so really, I just think it's all about um, uh, thinking up the questions that they haven't been asked before, Mm. and uh, again, listening to other kinds of interviews either Mm. with them. So I I. it hasn't come out yet, but I spoke to Mark uh, Letary of oh, nice. Snarky Puppy, and then he yeah. also has obviously his own solo stuff. And for him, I was like, I don't even know how to how to broach like the level of musicianship that he's at with oh, yeah. a band like them, and then also his own solo stuff, and then him doing baritone instrumental records. But then you get chatting and you start talking about guitars, and then just how to even uh, keep up the working creative process oh, in yeah. a time like this. And then, <laughs> you know, what does it feel like to be on stage with those kinds of musicians and like, you know, uh, getting Grammys, like what is all that like? And just sort of um, trying to keep it all positive and excitable. And yeah. yeah. So prep wise, like I, I like to figure, I like to learn alongside the audience too. So I don't want to yeah. know mm-hmm. everything about someone because I don't want to then predict what they're going to say and then have right. any expectations. Yeah. Um, and just the start out of my interview, uh, learning how to interview people, it started off just having three light topics mm-hmm. um, to cover backstage with people. So like Devin Townsend and Kate Tunstall, who were mm-hmm. very early on interviews, I'd just set up a camera and then I'd just be like, okay, I'm going to just discuss, I just want to, you know, talk about singer songwriting or yeah. um, that uh, 
specific performance or that guitar that you're holding and then just try and weave into the next thing but then have a deadline of 10 minutes whereas now the conversations are so much longer form because mm-hmm. I really enjoy that and getting much more time to delve into things right. that really it's about listening to them, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, you've been great doing this because you're listening to me. You're not just like with a set um, list of questions where right. you ignore everything I say right. to then just move on to the next question, which I think people yeah. are so tired of that style of interview. They just want to hear, they just want to feel like they're eavesdropping onto yeah. a conversation. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. And they want to like, you know, if there are jokes that come out of it that make them laugh or silly things or something, it's just like way more natural than just being like, so what do you think about this? And then you just don't lead on because that's right. a quick way to end an interview, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's um, getting nerdy again. I'm reading this book called Asking Powerful Questions. And it's talking about eliminating a lot of um, certain words that help end the conversation before it even begins. Like mm-hmm. why is very uh, accusatory. Why this? Like if I asked you, hey, Mary, why are you the way that you are? Like that feels really like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it's talking about how and what are the best mm-hmm. and p- most powerful words you can use in a conversation, especially asking big questions. And so I've been going through this book right. and I've been noticing, like I have a list of um, everything that I need to work on because I go back and listen to these. I try not to because I don't want to get too, um, you know, critical of what I do, but to better myself, I write down, okay, you do this, this, and this. And when you get too excited, you start talking up like a couple octaves. And when then you do this, this, and this. (laughs) So this book has been helping, um, set up interviews better for me because I just get excited to talk about like music and creative things. And so it's like, I have all the things, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you're right. It's all about you just sit and listen. And one of my buddies, Brett, he talks about being a sponge in every situation. It's just, I'm just going to soak up all this information um, because it does kill the conversation when you come to something like this and you're like, okay, Mary, when were you born? All right, cool. Mm -hmm. Where'd you go to university? Awesome. All right. Because <laughs> it does feel weird. It does. Yeah. It, there's no connection. And that's yeah. what people are craving these days is community and connection. And they mm-hmm. want to be, be a part of something. And that's why I feel like your videos do super well is because you create such a, an atmosphere of community and connection with people. And, we, and you don't look at your viewers as just numbers. It's like you are intentional with, I want to make sure that you're known and that you feel like you're gaining something from this. And that's, it's, mm-hmm. It's been an awesome progression watching from four years ago to now, and you're absolutely killing it and inspiring a whole bunch of people. Like, I know people that know of you and know you that are super inspired by your dedication to your craft, and they're always inspired to just keep going and keep going and keep going. So, anyway, yeah. Wow. I mean, I'm just going to go and cry a little bit, but I'm I'm too English, so I can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's also... Uh, it's it's all a journey. Like yeah. I do see, like I've started taking guitar lessons, um, which is actually technically like the first time I've ever taken guitar lessons. Mm-hmm. And it's it just happens to be from Tomo Fujita, who also taught John Mayer. So it's just absolutely, again, <laughs> full circle. Look at full that. Circle. You got to build that shrine. Come on. Um, but <laughs> I've know, seen some comments. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> da, 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 there it is. Um, I've seen some comments where people are really shocked that I'm having guitar lessons. Yeah. And then I just think, I'm like, oh my God, you have no idea. Because like once you start venturing into a topic like the guitar, like music in general, you start to 
there is a there is a term for this. Someone's definitely written like a zillion books on this, but <laughs> it's when you're a beginner at something, you think you know almost everything. Like you sort right. of you think you get it. But then you start learning and then someone who's a professional might come and like give you a few pointers and just using guitar as an example. Yeah. You'll have a, a guitar and then you'll realize like how little you know. And it's about what you do with that information. So once you realize like, okay, right, the the learning um the learning curve has sort of dwindled a little bit, like I've gone from being absolute nothing to um being able to play a few songs or or thinking I know every chord, but then realizing yeah. like there are so many different types of chords and then, you know, there are different genres of music as well. And then deciding to sort of narrow yourself to be able to get deep in that one topic. Yeah. And it's just overwhelming. So when people think, if I'm taking lessons, that means that I shouldn't teach. Right. That's like the complete, they're thinking wrong in their guitar yeah. journey yeah. because they should always be looking to better themselves. Yep. And if you can have someone who's, um, you know, it, my luxury is having someone who's taught at Berklee College of Music for 27 mm -hmm. years, taught one of my favorite artists. Yeah. And he's so, he's such a teacher in the best way possible because there's a way teachers communicate that other guitarists can't communicate. Right. You can be the best guitarist in the world and this applies to any kind of music. So I saw it in the classical world a lot. You can have the most pro uh, proficient virtuosic violinist yeah. and yet if you got them in a room to teach a kid they would have no patience and mm -hmm. they would end up just like hating both parties would hate it right and so having a teacher that can actually communicate with just a few sentences and suddenly make you rethink and rediscover a whole new thing like i've i'm starting to um i've been uh flailing when it comes to guitar because I know where I want to be mm -hmm. and I sort of think I know from people's recommendations what I should be learning mm -hmm. yeah. but actually I'm not going back to the reason I wanted to learn in the first place I'm right. thinking of what other people think I should be doing so um, now I want I just want to be I want to have great fretboard knowledge mm -hmm. like I, I really really um, have um uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to find the right word. I've neglected that massively. Mm. But then I also want to be able to be um, fluent in jazz standards so that I could always, and, and to better my ear training. So at the right. moment, I'm just going through the real book. I've started off with one tr one song, mm. um, uh, All of Me, which, I mean, everyone's covered from Frank Sinatra, you know, just everyone. Right. Um, and just trying to make my own arrangement of it and therefore just doing really like simple uh simple chords but figuring out exactly why I'm playing that chord and I, mm. it sounds so basic but it's also very very challenging yeah um and I've been doing music a long time and yet I'm still thinking I'm still going back to basics on it and I'm like well that's the key to all of this like if I can forget forever be a beginner yeah. at something mm -hmm. yeah then I'll come out the end of this whole game whatever this is and I'll be pretty good maybe yeah. mm -hmm. and i know i know i'm not bad and i know i'm not um uh not a guitarist i i live and breathe the guitar so i know that maybe to other people who are just starting out they look at what i'm doing and they're like oh well that's that's all you need to be doing surely mm. but then i'm like well i've seen the next level and then i've also come into contact with literally the best players in the world yeah and for some reason my youtube channel 
I don't know why I'm allowed to do this as a job, but I'm <laughs> yeah. here now, and I'm like, oh, I better better up my game because these other people haven't been. They've been uh, treading a different path. Yeah. And now they're nominated for Grammys, and now I'm like friends with them. Yeah. And maybe <laughs> could one day stand on a stage. Maybe I'm preempting myself, and this is Get just it. basically yeah, what I want to do it, with yeah. like Cory Wong or Mark <laughs> yeah. Terry. I'm just like. I just want to play with them. Um, so, so, I just want to hang out and be and play guitar. I just want to, I just, yeah, I just, so whatever standard I need to be just to be my own person enough yeah. that that collaboration can happen. I don't need to be like them, right. but I need to be proficient enough in the thing that I've committed to, to get there. Yeah. It's just, it's just hilarious. When I, when I see those comments, I'm, I feel a bit, sorry for them that sounds very patronizing but i'm like oh you haven't got to the point yet where you're suddenly realizing you're a complete imposter and as soon Mm. as you get there then you can start to progress again because you realize like how much you've got to learn and you start putting in the hard work um and the best thing about a, a teacher whether it's me you know through online courses or whether it's someone like tomo it's mm-hmm. like he practices every day he's just obsessed he practices yeah. all the time he's always learning he's always taking notes and he's in my mind literally one of the most uh, one of my favorite guitar players in the world oh yeah so that you know an and he's he's he is an absolute animal and then he's also down a, a specific route so if you mm-hmm. wanted him to shred right. um like a, a Petrucci, then he wouldn't he wouldn't do that, but you wouldn't ask that of him because mm-hmm. that's not his lane. And, right. and I think there's a problem right now because like everyone can upload um one minute of them absolutely shredding on the guitar. Yeah. But there are some people that just don't need to shred like I don't need to shred. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna spend the time to learn how to do that. <laughs> but then other people that's all they want to do. So they need to go there, but then they probably can't write a song. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. So it's just sort of weighing so up, but just avenues. trying not to be overwhelmed by all of this because otherwise uh, otherwise you fail. But yeah. I did um, listen to a um, Jerry Seinfeld uh, interview with Tim Ferriss and he said, mm-hmm. survival is the new success. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, God damn it, that's yeah. incredible. And that's so true. And mm-hmm. that's exactly my music career explained. Like everyone else <laughs> around me has given up already. And yeah. I'm like, guys, <clears throat> I'm just I'm just 30. I'm like, yeah. just because we didn't get famous at 19 doesn't right. mean that you can't have a career for the next 50 years. Right. What does that look like? I want to be doing this till I'm 90. Yeah. 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 And that's, so, I think yeah. that's the biggest, like you make a very, very good point is a, a lot of people like around because I'm 30 as well. And so it's, I had this expectation of wanting to be like already super known in the music industry or filming industry or what have you and stuff. But like you just made the point too, is you're only 30. I'm only 30. We're still Mm -hmm. just doing, and it's like, it's, it takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of, um, you know, hard work push, pushing past through your 20s because your 20s are all about learning. Your 20s are all about growth yeah. and all that stuff. And then when a friend of mine just said recently, he's like, I wanted to be having this by 30. I'm like, dude, you're still like, you're 28 years old just because Justin Bieber and all these people and like made it. And it's because they, they had friends of friends that were in the industry and stuff like that. I think there's something to be said for those uh, people like you that work their asses off that just keep grinding and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then when you do get to that point of here's, I've, I've reached my, one of my major goals is being on stage mm-hmm. with Mark Terry or John Mayer one day. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, 
it means a lot more, I would think, because of how much you just worked your ass off and how much you pushed and you didn't take no for an answer and you didn't look at your peers around you that gave up and were like, oh, this is too difficult now kind of thing. And it's, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going to go with that. Oh, and it's like, and it's good having those people like uh, Tomo. He's, oh my gosh, incredible. But like, even with the stuff that I do is like, I have my mentors like, and I, and she knows too, is everybody that's I'm friends with, especially my mentors, like I asked them, like, Mm -hmm. If you notice something in me that needs to be corrected, immediately let me know. Like engineering and mixing mm-hmm. and stuff, absolutely my favorite thing to do besides filming. Um, I have two of my mentors that are in it that are the, the most amazing dudes. And they'll call me occasionally when I'm starting to feel like the ego being like, hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> things are happening. There's <laughs> things, things are put happening. on the schedule. He's starting to get a little cocky. I'm well, like, whoa. <laughs> But like having yeah. your mentors and stuff, being able to be accountable to them and stuff, like they they'll call me occasionally and be like, "Hey man, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Okay, because the word on the street is, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, all that being yeah. said, yeah. Anyway, I had a point. Well, I, I mean, the same goes. I I I don't quite understand what. I wanted so if I just use myself as an example rather than attacking other 19 year olds or whatever but like I don't know what I wanted uh, and I didn't know like you don't know anything Um, some people are lucky like you look at Mm -hmm. someone like Sean Mendes and he's so young and I, I watched his documentary and I was really just sort of unimpressed by what that journey means like mm-hmm. there was no struggle there like his right. one little struggle in the in the documentary and i i'm you know i obviously this documentary doesn't document his whole life like right. yeah. but it seemed like he'd had like quite a charm charmed childhood and then um and then he suddenly got famous on this app and then yeah. you know mm-hmm. then he was just sort of off and yeah you're gonna have some rocky moments where you lose your voice on tour like mm-hmm. everyone goes through that whether yeah. it's a stadium tour whether it's to 50 people a night um, on on the toilet circuit so um i (laughs) i think it's um yeah like literally i've never heard that really oh that's a whole thing over here yeah yeah you go and do the the yep because everything just smells like a toilet um and you're probably getting changed in the toilet too that needs to be a Um, band name toilet yeah the toilet circuit oh my god (laughs) it's very specific kind of music comes to mind um (laughs) Yeah, I I think uh, um, where's the joy in just being handed something right. as well? Gosh, like yeah. if someone, I mean, I just can't. I I feel like it's almost sensed in the audience too. I think your audience can see when you've just been handed it and when right. you've actually worked for it. And it's funny because like um, uh, me and some friends have spoken about this um, when it comes to YouTube channels. Like if you have a viral video on YouTube people make assumptions about you. Um, mm-hmm. But then it's quite easy to see that maybe that isn't the first video that you've ever published. And there might be like a whole back catalogue of uh, four years of regular uploading. And then, yeah. you know, 10 years before that of just like putting out little music videos every so often. Um, and and the same thing happens with the guitars. Like they think that my daddy bought everything yeah. for me. And it's like, yeah. oh no, honey, like you couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't be more wrong. Um, but I'll let you think that because that makes you think that I've got this sorted and yet I'm right. still hustling and I'm still figuring this out and I love being the underdog. Yeah. So um, uh, it's kind of like weighing up like whether you care about other people's opinions, which as you get older, right. you just give 
You give Zero. less of a shit. There we yeah, go. Exactly. There we go. That's my swear word of the day. Um, <laughs> Insert Corey just, Wong sample. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's where um I, I think it all comes down to ego. And yeah. It's like checking your ego all the time. So mm-hmm. when people are like, do you care about being called a YouTuber rather than a musician? I'm like, well, YouTube has helped me do way more in my music career than yeah. music ever did. Right. And so if I'm known because I uploaded some videos on that platform, then by all means, that's better than not being known. Right. Um, and then I watched a documentary. I keep talking about it, actually. Uh, I watched a documentary about Frank Sinatra. And oh, yeah. I mean, I know that he had issues with the mafia and poli- politics yeah. and stuff like just that. We'll a just a little bit. Bypass <laughs> all of that. <laughs> but then he was a he was a big band singer, and then mm. he had his own radio show, and then mm. he had his own TV show, and he did the duet with Elvis, and then yeah. um, he starred in fifty movies. Mm-hmm. And yet, you just think of him as Frank Sinatra, and yet he went through like problems in his career where he was like at the top of his game and then he just looked old to everyone and then right. uh, you know he was just like he was like the grandfather and he was like 40 it was yeah. really really sad um yeah. but and then and then he came out of that and then he took the right roles in acting and then he released the right kind of you know the music that then and it's just like it's all about legacy and then just realizing like you just need to be doing the things that you're obsessed with and if yeah. you enjoy doing things like i love making youtube videos then that's what I do. But yeah. then I also happen to be able to stand up on stage and sing. And I know I can do that because I did the four hour cover sets where I sucked yeah. and then <laughs> kind of got okay. And then we'll see what ha- has happened after this amount of time off stage. But um, yeah, it's just, it's all, it's all a journey. I just think it's really funny when people are like, I just don't want to be seen as um, a YouTuber. I'm like, no one's thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Damn <laughs> no one's, straight. No one's really caring, like whether they see you as a YouTuber. They're not having a dichotomy of like, oh, oh, that video only got twenty thousand hits. That person's going downhill. They're not even thinking about the hits. Right. They're just thinking about whether or not they enjoyed the video that they just spent their time, their valuable time watching. Exactly. So make that video great. Make it enjoyable. Make yourself um, look good, and then you know, just yeah. move on. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's my rant of the day. <laughs> There's the soapbox. <laughs> no, no, that was a good soapbox. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't seen the Frank Sinatra documentary yet, but I have a friend, uh, my, well, actually my grandma's best friend, um, actually was one of his dancers. And so I get to hear wow. all these backstories of Frank Sinatra and stuff. That, that guy's life mm. was crazy. But like to your point, like he had his hands in everything. Like that dude did so much. And you kind of have to be like that now is like, be well versed in trades. every yeah exactly mm-hmm. be well versed in all well versed in all things from you know filming yeah. to you got to be able to edit videos audio and all that stuff because now we were talking earlier is when we're getting to this whole new age of how YouTube's starting to change and look and all that jazz like you really need to mm-hmm. be on your game and be completely consistent about what it is that you're wanting to do and you can't just be like I can't just be an engineer because it's like the people that are actually making a living doing this are the people in that tight knit little circle. As huge as the music industry is, it's that uh-huh. they're very small. The people that are super successful in that. So like I, I have to do the not have to get to do wedding filmmaking and this and the other mm-hmm. stuff that I do because it's you're right. You got to be able to do all kinds of different things in order mm-hmm. to be successful, whatever that means. And it's like, yeah, you got to kick, kick ass and take names. Yeah. yeah, well, it takes out the competition because no one can live the life or experience the different things that you're then molding into this thing that then happens later. And right. none of it will make sense. So, like, 
when I started making little videos on a camcorder, I didn't ever think that that would lead me to then be able to make YouTube videos. Right. But by doing that and being keen about and being the person who took the camcorder on, you know, orchestra tours and stuff like that, <laughs> and and, and um, just friend trips, like I'd yeah. always be the one holding the camera. Yeah. And then it it's turned into like the biggest thing in my career and yet now i'm just i've just turned the camera around and i'm talking to it yeah um but then yeah like it's it's super strange it's it's all just figuring out like all the things that you're obsessed with will then make you more unique whereas yeah. if you just go down one competitive avenue like engineering or whether it's just being a traditional singer songwriter like right there are already people there doing it way better than you, like oh, guitarists yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. The way to be a better legendary guitarist is to write songs mm -hmm. because you cannot compete with every other guitarist in the world. There will right. always be someone better than you. Always. It's just fact. Yeah. Um, there'll be, there, and uh, as soon as you're at the top of your game, uh, an 18 year old will come in who's just, oh, yeah. will just floor you. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's all about building up the catalog and the repertoire and then the skill set to then be just your name. Yeah. And then there can't be an, another version of you. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. So mm -hmm. I can't, I can't wait for um, uh, someone to, you know, whether they call them the new Mary Spender or they literally just call them the name that they are. Cause I don't want to be <laughs> arrogant that that is, but like that's as soon right. as there's, uh, I, I can't wait to be the dinosaur. I just can't. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm so yeah. excited about that time where people are like, oh, because only just now, after so long of being uh, seen as like a YouTube musician, am I only like one of a handful of musicians who can actually keep up the, yeah. the career kind that I've got in 2020? Because it takes two years of um, unpaid YouTube videos mm -hmm. to then be able to do it full time. So obviously people are now caught out a little bit, but they need yeah. to start now right. so that in two years time, they're not caught out again. They're not behind the curb mm -hmm. again. Right. And it's like, always look at where people are ignoring and see what you can do there. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that's when disruption happens. And that's that's just like the fundamentals of business. It's like, what, what are people ignoring? What's the opportunity? Yeah. Um, especially for creative people who who, you know, think up a hundred different ideas about different things every day. It's like, oh, oh this yeah. is perfect for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate the, like, there's such a humbleness about the way you talk about everything because, like, you do have this, like, pretty good platform that you have and, like, you get, like, a good amount <laughs> yeah. of views on your videos. But, like, you still carry yourself and just, like, oh, yeah, like, this. I'm just doing what I love. And so I think that's what makes it so easy to relate to you in the sense that you just kind of were like, yeah, like I, I'm doing what I love. I'm passionate about what I do. And yeah, I nerd out every once in a while, but you've mm -hmm. created this, like, just like, I'm just, I'm humble about it. And it's just you. It's not like you're intentionally right. trying to be this humble person. You're just like, oh yeah, when it comes and happens, then like, yeah. And I've put the work in and I know I've earned it and that kind of thing. Instead of it being this, like, all of a sudden your TikTok went viral and now you have like this record deal and like all this kind of stuff. It's like, it, it I think when everything like the the precipice of your career hits mm. it's going to be so amazing that like when that i i love to like manifest talk so it's like <laughs> when you have that like documentary come out of like what your career journey was like it's like oh yeah i mean i did however many years on youtube and it's all documented and now yeah. i get to look back and go look at like little me just like having a dream and now i'm here 
Grammy nominated, whatever, whatever happens. Like, I just, I, I can't wait to see that journey for you because you're so humble now and you already have like this like platform that like most people can just dream about. And so it's cool to like, you're just a real human being. And I think that's what makes in my eyes, why I see you be so successful is because I can sit down and watch your videos and you're just, you're just like me where you're just like, Mm -hmm. you're just talking about something that you're passionate about. And so I just, I like, I commend you in that because like, I feel like a lot of people get into the industry and they get a couple compliments and then they're like, well, and like, (laughs) I'm now this person, but it's like, no, you've maintained this like consistency of like, I'm in something that I'm passionate about. This is a career and a life I've chosen for myself Mm -hmm. and I love Mm it. And you're not going to you're not going to blow smoke up my ass pretty much to make me like this big headed person because I'm level and I know what I want. So yeah. like, that's just to Thank me, you. I'm like, you're a real human. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, first. So thank you very much. That, that really does mean a lot. It's, it's super weird just because of what I thought mm-hmm. when I looked at other people who had, you know, either channels this size or bigger, mm-hmm. um, but the way they behaved to me. And it was like, I found my people when I entered, I, I bypassed the traditional music industry that was so about connections. It was so about yeah. like, who's the hot thing right now? Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, that's never going to happen for me. Like, I'm I'm just like everyone else in this game who wants to just be able to do this forever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ever be the hot thing because mm-hmm. that means I will burn out. Like, yeah. I just won't be around in a few years. Um so then I, you know, like all my early collaborations, whether it was going on Anderton's mm-hmm. when I think they had a channel that's smaller than what I have now. And yeah. it was madness to me that they even invited me on and they just treated me like an artist mm-hmm. and they just asked me interesting questions about my life as though it were interesting to other people. And I was like, wait, you actually want to know this stuff? Like it was <laughs> yeah. so lovely. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, collaborating with, Leo Maracchioli of Frog Mm -hmm. Leap Studios. Like at the time, again, I collaborated with him. He had 1.5 million subscribers. Mm -hmm. And yet he didn't, it's not that he doesn't care about the number, but the number stops meaning something after a while. Mm -hmm. So you just want to work with cool humans around, you know, surround yourself Mm -hmm. with good people. Um, And then it's also like, I fail every day. Like I make videos that sometimes just suck. And (laughs) that's just what happens. Like I can't get it right all the time. Or I, absolutely bomb on the thumbnail and the title and I feel like I know what I'm doing and then I just Mm -hmm. really don't Um, so YouTube is just always a lesson and if you get too tied up it was actually why I did the 31 videos in 31 days because I had to stop caring about the numbers Mm -hmm. Um, because it's big picture stuff it doesn't matter what happens each day it's like what happens in that month or what happens in that year? Yeah. Um, how many people are you, you know, not just losing along the way, but how many people are you gaining? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and where is that direction? But yeah, just sort of having other people show me the way of just how they deal with the numbers. Because it yeah. looks like, it also looks like it could be handed off to someone. Like, oh, if, if, if I bring you on my channel, then immediately you're going to go viral. And it doesn't work that way either. Right. Um, so I remember thinking, looking at someone way back when I had no um, no followers on Instagram. And I really just thought by me featuring on someone else's Instagram that I would then just have the same amount of followers. And it's mm. like, it's all progression. It's yep. all consistency. Mm. And 
yeah, some people go viral. Some people have viral TikToks and then they they look like they've made it. Mm-hmm. But I bet I will outwork them and I'll outlast mm-hmm. them. Yep. No yeah. matter how much money they get or whatever, because it's such a mentally challenging game. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I just want to show people the way of being like, you're going to have really low moments and you're going to have really, really high moments. And you have to just level yourself out and be like, I don't want to get too low because that will be detrimental. I don't want to get too high because then you just come across like an asshole, right. and then your ego, like you're just going to crash down. So you just have to be really just level and just be like, okay, today I just have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and especially during this time during lockdown, what I'm telling myself because I get in my head, obviously, like every creative person, every oh, yeah. person does. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just trying to make each day perfect. Mm-hmm. rather than even thinking a week like i can't f- satisfy if i if i say to myself right i'm gonna do okay let's actually ignore the example of the 31 videos because that was really <laughs> stupid um and and if i if you told me to do 31 hours of guitar practice in 31 days there's no way i'd do it so i, I don't understand why that happened but it just did um but after a lot of failure as well because i've committed to daily stuff before and then not followed through this like way way before the youtube channel so yeah. i've already made the failure to be able to do that but then um guitar right now like i'm just making sure if i get up in the morning i'm trying to sort of figure out when I work best still and yeah. we've been in this lockdown for however it's just eternal over here um <laughs> so I'm like okay right I just want to be able to drink my coffee mm. I want to uh take care of some business stuff that I have to in the mornings um I want to pick up my guitar whilst drinking that coffee and I want to do as much practice as I can yeah mm-hmm. so I'm not even thinking about hours anymore I'm just like I want to get lost in the process of learning the guitar so yeah. that I don't even worry about the time. And mm-hmm. I have the luxury that my mornings are very uh, are sacred to me. But then, um, obviously, when the US wakes up and everything and then interviews start happening during the day or meetings, yeah. then I get into work mode and then I'll, I'll work till midnight. So I yeah. just swap my day around. So my evening is my morning. Um, and yeah, just sort of figuring out like, oh, I also need to work out before I then shower to then get ready for filming. Yeah. Like just mm-hmm. stupid practical stuff like that. Like I don't want to put makeup on in the morning to then go work out, to then have to shower again, to then have to put on makeup. Like yeah. it's just such a silly, uh, normal thing to worry about. Um, but but yeah, just try and make every day perfect and trying to get to the end of the day and look back on the day and be like, that was a good day. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's that's all I need to worry about. Um and I, I've even got a whiteboard where I've got the days of February up there. And yeah. I'm just trying to, if I have a bad day of where I like eat badly, don't get enough work done, uh, just don't get to around to practicing, then I just rub off that day. I don't like cross it out. I'm just rubbing it off. But then every good day, every perfect day in my mind, I just tick. And I'm yeah. just trying to get more ticks than blank spaces <laughs> right now. So... That's my goal for February now. It's like, just make each day perfect. And then mm-hmm. hopefully I'll look back at this lockdown and be like, okay, I worked as hard as I possibly could. Yeah. Because there's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's a, the lockdown is getting a little bit, not as crazy. Cause over there, it sounds like it's just way more lockdown than over here. Like we're, um, we're in California. So that's a little bit different. We have we have probably more restrictions than most states. Yeah. Um they're they're probably more on top of us than other areas, but um I mean yeah, I mean you're the lockdown situation over there is definitely different from how like 
from my understanding, lock, you have a bubble of six is what your bubble can be. It's up to six people or something like that. I'm co- correct yeah, if I'm I, wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm not entirely. I mean, the rules, they went through so many different changes just before Christmas. So all I know is like just basically don't go see other people yep. unless you, you have to be in a bubble. I'm in a bubble with one person who mm-hmm. happens to be my editor. Yeah. Um, so I'm not seeing my family. Um, oh, dang. But, but they're like two hour drive from me. So we're not even really meant to travel right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain things you're allowed to do. Like, um, uh, I don't know whether I'll sit. Well, I say I can commit this. This is happening. Um, I've just bought uh, a tiny, teeny, teeny flat and it's being renovated. And I'm allowed builders, which is yeah. madness. Awesome. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And then uh, because of the, the flat being smaller than where I am now, I'm getting mm. studio space. Um, so I'm allowed to go into the studio space. So yeah. I'll, I'll be able to still, mm. it will feel like not actually when we walked around, um, uh, the building, um, I just saw young people around and I totally freaked out. I was like, there are other, I mean, these are like between 30 and 45 people, you know, <laughs> uh, ages. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I was just like, there are, there are other people in the city <laughs> that I live in. This feels weird. I just go to the supermarket every so often, but I mainly yeah. get food delivered. So I don't really like see people. Yeah. No pubs are open. No restaurants are open. Yeah. Um, I go for walks, obviously, and, and then I work out. But I don't like get to just see people like dressed in like work clothes, just sat on their laptops doing millennial things. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, young people do exist too. Yes. So, um, you are real. You're not a figment of my imagination. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's pretty, I'm trying not to think about it too much, but mm-hmm. obviously quite. I have a lot of friends in, in the US and mm-hmm. the fact that we're not all in this together at the moment yeah. in mm-hmm. the same way like we were in March and April yeah. um, is kind of... Oh, it's it's um it's hard now. It's yeah. harder when you know that other people are allowed to like go and eat at restaurants, even if it's like still yeah. a bit weird in this new normal. Yeah. I'm like, I just don't want to cook one night of this week, but I don't yeah. really want takeout because eating takeout alone is just terrible. Uh, you know, I've been doing it. I won't pretend like I haven't been doing it. But, What's your um, go-to? <laughs> um. I had fish and chips the other night. I know that's okay. a classic British thing, but it, I just needed it and it <laughs> happened. And before that, like, I don't know, a week before that with my uh, with John, um, mm. we had Vietnamese and that was okay. just a nice treat. So, yeah, but that's it. Otherwise, uh, there's not much fun going on over here. <laughs> I know, we're over here. Gosh. Just setting the You're best You're just in that example. Californian uh, uh, beautiful weather we had uh, we had snow here the other day. It was just oh yeah. really yeah we've had a lot of yeah. snow. I mean there was I'm originally from Texas and so um and it it's I mean Texas is known for just being blisteringly hot all the time. Um, but I had the chance to go home and I did it in the best way I possibly could. I got COVID tested like seven times while I was home because I was around like family and everyone was getting mm-hmm. tested, that kind of thing. But it snowed like three feet while oh, we geez. were there and we ended wow. up driving through it and I'm like I'm pretty much like born and raised in Texas. And I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> what is this white stuff sticking to the ground? And everyone's just driving yeah. absolutely recklessly. But it, it's been interesting as far as what lockdown has looked like. Cause I'm also, I mean, I work full time still and I'm an essential worker. And so I haven't been without work, thankfully, mm-hmm. but it's definitely been interesting. Cause I mean, now we're going on a year of what this like has been 
And um, we still have people come in that are just like, no, I'm not going to wear the mask. And we're like, okay, well then you, you can, you can leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so sorry, but like we can assist you outside or y- you need to leave. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be over. Um, <laughs> I think it will be like another year before we, yeah. uh, we see anything. Cause it's like, we're opening up a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and like to, to what you're saying too, is when you do see people out and about, you're like, is this, is this okay? Yeah. Are we allowed to do this I right know. now? It's like, it, it feels like it, it's really awkward. Cause mm-hmm. like, I mean, again, I work in a music store and we're only allowed to have like 15, per, uh, per, was it 15% capacity or something like that. Mm-hmm. But every time mm-hmm. it's a little bit weird. Cause we're so used to the last year of like, uh, get around me, be gone, Satan. Kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> but it's, I don't like, yeah. like it's like that, but we are opening up a little bit. Um, at a time, um, but it's it's super weird. But you know, it, it's definitely a test of you know, especially with creative people. I've noticed it's like this is your year. Like this whole thing is absolutely some mm-hmm. a, a time to take advantage of because there have been some crazy emotional things and just some turmoil stuff going on internally. And then I've been trying to get my friends who get in a weird headspace of okay, this is an opportunity you get to look within and figure out what's going on. How can I mm-hmm. move on to the next thing and build to a better self? How mm-hmm. can I, you know, I tell people all the time, write it down. The moment you start feeling stuff, especially during COVID, it's like, well, COVID made me do this. It's actually, no, this is your choice to react in this way. And you could react in such a better way. So let's take all this energy that you were focusing on, you know, the being super depressed and being super down, which some depression, whatever, um, that's not yeah. always a choice, but, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's like, this no. is an opportunity for you to be able to be super creative and to show um, but you can work like a badass and move on to something great and not succumb to this crazy thing that we've got going on right now. Stay home. Absolutely. Be safe, whatever. But mm-hmm. now figure out what it is that you want out of life because yeah. we're so internally focused now and it's a great time to be able to do creative things and figure yourself out, um, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah. Figure out what you want to be doing when no one's watching. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Like, that's the that's. That's the real, I, I did a, a talk um, for a music college recently and I, I almost can't relate to people because I feel like this is this is our time. Like a, yeah. anyone who's, I know I, I seem quite outgoing, but I'm very happy alone. Um, <laughs> I'm very happy isolated. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not a particularly social animal other than when I want to and need to be. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of it what I had to do four years ago in 2016 was take all my social engagements out of the calendar, like all the things that were costing me money yeah. and time when I needed to build something because I was stuck in a nine to five job that I just felt sick every day yeah. doing. And so I had to um, uh, take this moment to have conversations with my family and friends, be like, hey, I don't think I can like go and just go to the pub every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. Like, I just can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Not that I was really doing that in the first place, but like <laughs> I can't, I'm not around. And it gets to a point where people stop asking you mm-hmm. to do things because you're busy working on your craft. And yeah. um, but, but when it's sort of evening time and it's difficult to say that to your friends, but, but it, it was it was a tricky conversation and it kind of made me realize like who the people I yeah. want in my life are and who are just the social butterflies um so now i'm like 
looking at this time where no one is being invited out to the pub over here. Yeah. I'm like, well, what are you going to do with that time? Like, yeah. you now, yeah, you could spend all evening on Zoom with your friends and mm. drink that way, but it doesn't quite have the same vibe. Right. Um, so what could you be doing? So Because I'm I'm worried about the world opening up again because I feel like I'm running out of time with all the things I want to be doing before the world opens up again. Yeah. And I'm, you know, realistically, yeah, we have, like, probably another year yeah. um, before the rest of the world is like, are we going to have COVID vaccination passports? Like all that sort of stuff where yeah. right. c- even if once I'm vaccinated, I can travel around the UK, can I travel to other countries? Like what what is that going to even look like? We just don't know yet. So right. what can you do right now and just be be working on? I'm just, I mean, I've got, I've got an album to make. I've got mm-hmm. courses to um, uh, film and uh, get edited and uploaded and released. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to make a zillion more YouTube videos this year that I have no idea what they'll look like, but I just <laughs> know I want to make them. Right. Um, and I just, I feel like I'm chasing uh, all the things I want to be doing. And I'm just running out of time. Or, or, like there's no moment where I can stop for a yeah. second. Um, and it's taken me a long time to get here because there's been a lot of procrastination. And I finally sort of work to my strengths rather yeah. than um uh just being a you know in in a heap like i used to be where i'd be like so overwhelmed by all the ideas that i had that i wouldn't be able to just sit and focus on one thing at a time but yeah i'm 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 kind of baffled when people are like oh i'm bored i'm like mm-hmm. what because <laughs> i've got i've got so hundred zillion things to do like i'm 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 maybe bored of the routine but i'm not mm. bored right. um and then actually the routine was something I always wanted to test yeah. out, but I couldn't do in my normal life because I never knew where I was going to be each week or what I was going to be doing or like who was going to be calling me up or, you know, what you just had to say yes to because you needed the work. Um, whereas now quite a lot of my stuff is automated, mm-hmm. which is such a weird thing to be in. Um, but I can finally predict like what my business looks like yeah. um, for the next few months and um, I know that's obviously not the case for everybody right now, but it was all because of lockdown that this is happening for me. Right. So it can happen for someone else too. Mm-hmm. It's just, do you want it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Holy crap! I think it's been two hours. <laughs> it's been two hours. Has it been two hours? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. We did. Yeah, because I have a session in like a half an hour. I didn't realize what time it was. <laughs> I, I had I just checked the time I had and I was, I was like, how do we, um, this is going so well. I don't think I had a, another meeting. I'm like, okay. does she have something no. going on? <laughs> like, I haven't, I have, I have no idea. We're really bad that's, about this. That's yeah. how, how, how much I was into this. So even oh, if, yay. even if, um, just I enjoy having done this, then that's a win. No, <laughs> exactly. I, so I, thank you is, for having me. No, thank you for yeah. doing, like, I am, I've been so stoked about this cause like, uh, I was going to tell an embarrassing story because we almost ran into each other because we had some mutual uh, acquaintances and stuff. But um, I went to go yell at you at Nam. It was 2018, I believe. You uh-huh. were with, uh, who was, I forgot who it was. But my buddy Brett, we had a, <laughs> I'm going to tell it because he wanted me to tell it. Uh, my buddy Brett and I went through Nam trying to find you because we were, <laughs> we were going to make this game called Where's Mary Spender. 
I'm like, I I didn't make it a point to go find you because it's stalkerish and creepy and it's sounding creepy now. Um, But (laughs) so we were running around. I I mean, I've done that to other people. So again, don't feel too bad about it. (laughs) I've I've done it with my friend Kate. We just like wandered around now, like trying to find the people we wanted to find. So what's funny is I ran into her first because I Uh I literally bumped into her getting coffee. Um, But we were at Nam. And I was like running around and I ran into Eric Johnson. So I got distracted. So I just started talking to him and stuff like that. Yeah, Eric Johnson trumps me. Oh, yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Again. Yeah, you're great. But it was just, it was funny. But Eric Johnson. <laughs> I ran into him in the bathroom. It was of all places. And there was an awkward thing oh, of do we my. shake hands or not? Have um, you but... washed yours yet? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I'll finish. Okay. So I was like, I was walking around and stuff. And I get this text from Brett. And he took a selfie with you. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. You son of a bitch. I win. <laughs> So I didn't run into you, but uh, it's cool that we were able to do this now. And uh, I yeah. appreciate you taking the time yeah. for this. Like, it's well, awesome. Thanks for your patience with with um, scheduling and everything. Just oh, uh, yeah. really yeah. appreciate that. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Do you have anything you want to push at all? Plug? Yeah, plug. Anything at all whatsoever? Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> goes blank, forgets whole name. Like, do you have yeah. a favorite like, recipe that you use for living? cooking that you could impart to all of us? <laughs> the <laughs> beer recommendations. Um, I guess, I, you know, I'll just constantly be um, flooding my YouTube channel, which is just mm. my name, Mary Spender, and uh, more music under my name um, coming soon. Um, but, yeah, just... Uh, uh, I... I really enjoy cooking, but I discovered what I really can't cook recently, mm. which is mm. noodles. I can't you master can't them. Wait, what? Like, you know, I know there's like the easy kind of noodles and stuff, like, but then mm. like, yeah. a, like a noodle. I, I was trying to cook something like beef. Anyway, this is just like going off on a whole tangent. <laughs> but I just made a terrible meal, and I was really okay. disheartened with myself because I thought I was really nailing the whole cooking thing, and then I just failed. So what, were you just ago, boiling the face. noodles too long, or what, what was going on there? I, I'm really intrigued now. The session can wait. <laughs> yeah, the the I think they were just the wrong. I wasn't used to the kind. I can't even remember what I, rice noodles I was using. I mean, I know that that sounds so basic, and I am a good cook. I promise. <laughs> I don't doubt you at all. Whatsoever. I I have I have my things that I'm really good at. Um, but yeah, I think it was like the flavors and then the beef and it just all just became like a massive nightmare. It wasn't just like the soppy noodles, which obviously didn't help, but it was like yeah. everything else. It just didn't, didn't work. You anyway, had a humbling moment go. in the kitchen. <laughs> Many humbling moments in the kitchen, that's for sure. I can't cook worth anything. So you're good. All I can make yeah. really well is chicken because like, that's my thing with, uh, the diet that I'm on. So it's, uh, that, uh-huh. all I can master is chicken. Everything else I've burned down a kitchen. I've done all kinds of stuff. I've, um, I put a metal, um, what is it, pan inside of a microwave, did not really thinking, burned the microwave down. I've done all kinds of great (laughs) stuff. Like this, all this stuff I could do great and amazingly, Uh but when it comes to the kitchen, it is like World War VIII in there. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to make a vlog about it, like Justin's kitchen, but then it just, it was just bad. It was all kinds of me Uh catching things on fire and it was just terrible. (laughs) You like to, you like to film food. Oh yeah, just, I love filming food. I think you food. just stick to like, filming Like, I don't know if you've food. seen Chef's Table on Netflix at all, um, but uh-huh. that's like, that's yeah. my ideal thing to do, like, because I've always wanted to film, like, food shows or make documentaries and stuff. Like, I am uh, love documentaries, so that's, I was working on one recently with, mm-hmm. with an artist friend of mine, but she moved. 
Uh, anyway, beside the point. <laughs> so, okay, well, I mean, yes. if people have gotten to this point of this interview, then we yeah. can keep going. Yeah, okay. I just don't want to waste your time. That's my biggest already thing. switched off. I just want oh, to respect no, no, your time. And I know you have a session. You have something way more important than I have. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so talking of that, um, my big plan, once we're out of whatever this crazy thing is and <laughs> when it's going to end, yeah. um, is to gig... Mm-hmm. But not gig in the traditional sense where I'm in a different city every night. Instead, because everything I love about YouTube, uh, you know, has made this happen. So I would go and spend time in Chicago and like hang out with friends and then yeah. just stay there. And then um, what I want to do now is like go to a specific city, mm-hmm. do maybe one show on a Saturday night or whenever, maybe even do two shows in the same place, depending on uh, how, it, you know, how big the venue is or whatever. Right. Um, but then in the meantime, like every time someone comes up to you at a show and says, oh, have you tried this restaurant or have you been to this art gallery or did you see this sculpture or did you see this thing we're really proud of in, the, in our town? Mm-hmm. I want to be like, no, but tell me. And then this week I will go to every single one of them and I want to film oh, everything. Yeah. So oh, when yeah. the world opens up, I want to come visit you guys and yeah. you can help me film. But yeah. we'll do like a fun. But I want to like taste the food. I yeah. want to drink the beer. I yeah. want Anthony Bourdain it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but all tied up in music too, and like figuring yeah. out. I love that. So you know, just, I like already have then, a catalog. Yeah. Of things I'm like, oh my gosh, exactly. So much right. You can do Everyone here. has their recommendations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, even if I did a show to five people just to <laughs> do a show, like I would do it, and it would just be like. And then, you know, you can document it. But then, obviously, that's just so perfect for YouTube. And yeah. I don't want to go off on the road for ages and then not be able to make videos. Right. So <clears throat> just trying to combine the two and just, yeah, show people 10 minutes of delight every week. And, yeah, yeah I, I also love food and alcohol. <laughs> so. I'm a massive Well, I mean, I mean, that's like... Yeah, if if you ever wanted to come here, we could totally actually the place that we're I mean, in right now is I was an literally old. Just thinking. Yeah, this is an old church that we converted into a recording studio. But there's um, a big venue space. Yeah, there's just a massive a right here. venue space. Like I'm, some friends and I, another engineer friend of mine, are like working on transforming this into like a live stream venue wow. kind of thing, and like. Uh-huh. We've got like 15 drum sets and a bunch of guitar amps and stuff all over the place. A bit so. excessive at times. But yeah, but. <laughs> it's, it's a little too much. But yeah, if you ever wanted to come here and do a show, do a show and stuff, and then like mm-hmm. we could definitely put you up because I've got friends that own Airbnbs and we could take care of you and all that jazz mm-hmm. and then document it and all that and do the food thing, do the beer thing because Lost Coast Brewery is probably like the biggest thing oh, that yeah. we're known for and their beers are phenomenal and then there's some great restaurants around here too when everything opens back up but yeah if you ever wanted to do that i'd totally be down for filming too because when i'm not doing this like filming is Mm -hmm. my space jam i absolutely love filming with yeah everything and then you and i can just hang out yeah and then you guys can just (laughs) yeah yeah we'll just hang out we'll just hang out we'll just eat food (laughs) every so often i might have to hold up a camera and be like hey guys typical vlogger style Really, that's only a few minutes in a week. You, you know, wouldn't even need to do that. I would just stand there and you just tell me what to do. I would be there to serve you. You could just do what you wanted to do. <laughs> I'm so used with him. It's always just like if we're out and about going somewhere, he's like, just real quick. Just like, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I always have a camera with me, especially doing studio stuff. Like today, the session's actually at 12. 30 um but like we I, I try to have a camera around and document it because like whenever i have an artist in here i want to give them some footage that they could have for yeah. behind the scenes because like 
one of my biggest inspirations is Foo Fighters and how they represent their stuff. They always have the same crew come in and film their albums and stuff. I love watching that process. And that's yeah. something I've always wanted to do is get with really an artist. And like, just show. let me film you. Just let me film yeah. the process. So, but yeah, that, that invitation is yeah. totally out there when everything opens. And then it goes into a documentary one day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mary Smith that's, that's my whole plan. Mm-hmm. I just want to be on the BBC as well over here. Just oh, like, yeah. Like classic, like. So I have to admit something. <laughs> and okay. I didn't want to talk about it, but like I said, I'm obsessed with, like, oh, I'm God. really obsessed with British television and, like, the trashy uh-huh. stuff, like Love Island. Oh, right. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I have this really bad habit of when I like the sound of something, I repeat it. And I'm just an American that in my head, I don't have an accent. That's uh, like all Americans. We don't have accents. Oh, but like, so I do. <laughs> it's so bad. So I've been binge watching Love Island for the past year on lockdown. And so I just finished uh-huh. season six. And I do this thing now where I um, shh, I felt the judgmental eyes. <laughs> I do this thing where I my questions have kind of like a British tinge to them. And so I right. just want you to know this whole interview, I've been very self-conscious of like how I'm talking. I'm like, Chelsea, do not be a prick right now. Do not <laughs> no, accidentally do some type of accent all of a sudden. Because it's like a weird tick for me where I like the sound of something and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. like, And I just like kind of start talking in the accent. And I'm like, well, oh my god. I gosh. have the opposite. So every time I hang out with Americans, I just get, I get lazier. Oh with really? My, with my uh, diction, and um, <laughs> but then sometimes, like in some environments, I go even more British just to like stand. Really out lay it on. More. Yeah, yeah. I just like go all whole hog on it. But, yeah. When a- I'm around friends, I get a bit lazy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Not saying that all Americans are lazy, but I, you know, I don't. We have, have to a very lazy way of way. speaking. That's no, what I absolutely. mean. I'm not trying to offend everyone in the last moments of this. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But it was oh, yeah. funny because before oh, yeah. we, you joined. I had said something and I was like, and I was like, oh, really? And he was like, oh, really? And I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm not meaning to. That was like the first five minutes was sounding like a Harry Potter character. That's, That's the other thing, too. I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. So I'm just like, I'm just constantly <laughs> listening to people that don't talk like me. And so, and then in lockdown, it's even worse because I'm really not around a lot of people other than work. And so then I'm just like over uh-huh. here, like living my own British fantasy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Don't worry. I mean, we do it as well. We have our own. I have my Californian uh, fantasies by watching Brothers and Sisters or my like Chicago one. I've been watching uh, The Good Fight. Oh, yeah. I just want to be a lawyer Mm -hmm. in Chicago. Like, that's all I want to do with my life. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Oh, God. Couldn't be further away from the truth, though. I'm not smart enough. I have, I'm not up to speed with you people that watch TV all the time. I know. I, the only thing I watch is Doctor Who obsessively. That's pretty much it because I'm an avid reader. So like when I'm not right. here or filming, I'm always reading. Um, and then when I feel like being lazy and stuff, I watch Doctor Who. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Hulu I'm just so gives me all my dreams. Every BBC show, ITV, yeah. all, all that that I could ever dream of. They Great do British well. Bake Off. <laughs> Don't even oh, I know. That is great TV. That is great TV. Prime I am, I am television. Proud of the British Bake Off. That is yeah. prime yeah. television. And oh, I'm just yeah. like, oh no, it looks so beautiful, but it's going to be awful. And Mary Berry's going to be so upset. And I'm just like, what is happening? She knows. She understands yeah. me. Okay. As long as somebody understands this, because I'm lost now. 
But anyway, I'm I'm anxious for you because you have oh, yeah. a session. Oh yes, I have. I I'm just oh, no, no, sat no. at this desk for the rest of the evening. So um, no, you're but... you're more important than the the session because he's always late anyway. So it's all good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, um, we're gonna take a picture real quick of you. Is that okay? Yeah. She's like, yep, yep, okay. Yep. <laughs> just like, <laughs> give okay. a bit of a fluff. Ready? One, two, three. Boom. I know, she's like, <laughs> I'll do the, the classic. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. Okay. Everyone just like. <laughs> there we go. Got it. All right, Mary. I also have to remember to look at the actual webcam rather than yeah, you know, where the, I'm seeing where you're seeing yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I anyway, hope that you feel cool. you, you don't feel rest or anything at all whatsoever. The session is yeah, the guy's always late, always, always like an hour and a half late. So you're you're totally fine, right. and Typical everything's already musician. pre-set up. Like a good engineer, I try to set up before everybody shows up. So, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's uh. Let's well either do this again yeah. because we're probably going to be doing this virtually for another year. Yeah. Um, but then uh, maybe when I'm over your way, we'll actually do yes. that thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because why the hell not? I'm going to exactly. be living it up. I'm going to be experiencing uh, the roaring twenties, <laughs> right? So, oh, you know, so crazy. oh yeah, and I, yeah. I think it'd be a lot of fun because I have some people that you should meet and hang out with and stuff. I think it'd be a great time. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So why not? Why not? Why the hell not? So anyway, All right. thank you, Mary. I thank hope you, you have so a fantastic Thanks, evening. Guys. And don't party too hard. Let's do this again soon. You've been incredible. <laughs> We're just going to neck some beers right now. It's seven. It's seven. Oh, is it really seven? Your time oh, is good. Lucky. I mean, if we if we did that right now, we would maybe be calling, calling ourselves something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It would be tricky. Before All noon. Right, well, Thanks, guys. Thanks for bringing me joy. And um, yeah, speak soon. All right. Yes. Sounds good. All right. Bye. See Bye. ya. Bye.